Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. Happy Valentine's Day. It's going to be an incredible night tonight. This is like the perfect Valentine for me, being able to spend it with all of you guys and and listen to your poems and stuff. We're going to be doing a, I mean, since it's Valentine's Day, you know, it's like, you know, love is in the air or not, you know, depending on (laughs) which perspective you have, you know, good Cupid, bad Cupid. Uh, whatever, stupid Cupid, whatever they, whatever that saying is. Um, so we never have a theme on the show. Whatever you want to call and read is awesome, but it would be really great to hear some of those mushy or not-so-mushy poems tonight. Um, I actually have three different poems that I'm going to be playing to start the show tonight uh, in honor of Valentine's Day, so those will be coming up in just a minute. Before we do all that, I want to make sure that I give out the phone number. It is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. So you can call in and share tonight. If you are interested in putting together a writing workshop with us, you can shoot me a message. Probably easiest to contact me on Facebook. If you are not on my contacts list, it is Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Alrighty. And uh, let me know what you want to put together. We can pre-record these or we can do them on a live show like this or a combination of both. Whatever you want to do, just let me know. Let me know when you want to put it together, what you want to put it together on, and we will get it set up. You were from a, three, a half hour show to three hours, and uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Next, I want to thank Star Severon, James One Sapien, and Roy Murdoch, all three of you, for helping to sponsor last year for us as sponsors of the show. Uh, there's a, They helped pitch in and and help take care of the uh, licensing fee, our on-air license for the year, last year. We just really appreciate them. We are coming up on the new year, so if you are interested in helping to sponsor the Speakeasy, you can shoot me a message over on Facebook once again, or you can uh, send me a message over to our email address, which is thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Next, we always start in the episode with a writing prompt and a writing exercise. And these are going to be real quick and simple tonight. Since I've got those three tracks I want to play. So your first your prompt, um, which a prompt is designed to actually uh, you know, inspire a poem. It can be the title of, it can be a line in, um, it can be just the, the general topic of, okay, for your writing prompt. And the writing prompt for this week is check yes or no. Check yes or no. All right, whatever kind of take you want to or twist you want to put on that, whatever, this is planting a seed and you take it where you want it to go. 
Okay, so check yes or no is your writing prompt. Your writing exercise is, I want you to write a lot. <laughs> it's going to be like a two-part. You can take which part you want to do, choose which part you want to do, or you can um, do both if you, if you are so inclined. But your writing exercise isn't meant to create a great poem or anything like that. It's just meant for you to have fun with it, to get your pen moving. To It's kind of like sandlot writing, you know, just just writing to write. Because when you do that, it really, really helps to keep you writing in the right direction. Uh, so exercises are just meant to make your pen move, think of things in a way you may not normally have thought of them, thinking about something you may not have ever thought about writing about, whatever. It's just to have some fun. So the exercise is I want you to write a love letter to yourself. I want you to write a love letter to yourself. And since this isn't necessarily designed, if it did, that would be great, but it's not designed to create a poem, you can have as much fun as you want to have with this because nobody's ever going to read it, right? So I want you to write a love letter to yourself and or I want you to write a love letter to you in the voice of an inanimate object. Okay, so it's a love letter to you from your coffee cup. It's a love letter to you from your pen. It's a love letter from you uh, to you from your car, that type of thing. So write a love letter to yourself or write a, write a love letter to yourself in the voice of an inanimate object. All right, so I hope you have a lot of fun with that. And uh, I, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's a cute one. I can just imagine. Anyway, so... That's that. Next, I'm going to play, we always start and end every episode with an audio track. So if you are a recording artist, by the way, and you'd like to have your, uh, your track uploaded to the show's library so we can play it for the world, you can email those to me. The word that is in the speak era <laughs> is in the email title. All right, so it is the T-H-E, the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com. And make sure that you put MP3, something like that, audio file, audio track in the subject line for me and we'll be able to be good to go, be able to get that uploaded to the show and play it for everybody. So I really love different perspectives on things. That's why some of these prompts are so much fun is because I'll give out a prompt like the check yes or no. You know, and we'll get, you know, four or five different poems back from taking that in just completely different directions. So you never know what you're, this, when, you, when you plant a seed, you never know what it's going to grow into. And for me, it's fascinating to see the differences that people write about the same subject. And I thought befitting for Valentine's Day, and that's everyone's big love poem day, right? So I thought that I would play three different versions of poems on the subject of love. Okay, so there's the, there's the, I've got my head in the clouds and my feet haven't touched the ground since I've met you and just love you so dearly. Okay, um, this is a example of the gushy palms. Here you go. This is Di Divina, Cinnamon Hearts. I call you at 3 a.m. to tell you that I love the way your nose wrinkles when you laugh. I call you to tell you, you're my emergency contact. I'm sorry if that scares you, but I think it's really sweet, and also I need to make sure you can fulfill these duties. You call me little weirdo. It doesn't hurt my feelings. 
feelings, though, because I know it's true. Like how you say, I always give you puppy dog eyes after I've done something horribly dramatic. It's not melodrama, it's strategy. And I can't help it if my eyes remind you of puppies, even in Pokemon, the way they shit all over everything when they get really excited. I do that sometimes. Sorry. You make me so excited. You're like eating peanut butter toast at 3 a.m. in bed, except even sexier. When I get to see you in my bed at 3 a.m., I don't mind that there's little morsels of you left all over my sheets. I'll save them for later. I know. I kiss you like I'm searching for cotton candy in your throat. I could just climb in there and wait for it to melt all over me. Your sweetness stuck in my teeth and left me smiling for days. After that morning, you climbed up my bed so softly, so as not to wake me, and you tiptoed into the kitchen so you could fart and I wouldn't hear you. I was awake, so I heard you, but it's cool. Everyone says that farts of the person they love are the cutest thing ever. They're all lying. That's impossible, but your farts really are the cutest thing ever. And I swear, I can hear them crying a little because they have to leave their sweet home inside your body. I know how they feel. In my next life, I want to be an organ of yours so I can live somewhere in between your heart and the other parts of you I never want to have to crawl out of. I could be your kidneys or your spleen. When I was in the hospital because my spleen was so enlarged, the doctor said it could be a result of one of my other organs being in overdrive, and I said, in all seriousness, my heart has grown about four times larger lately because there's this human who planted honeysuckle in my ventricles and then watered it with sunbeams, so it's growing so fast I can barely keep track of who I was without them and for another. I know it's not technically an organ, but my sex life has gone into overdrive lately, Doc, and maybe that's it. She said that's probably not it. I probably just had esophageal reflux disease, which is not as exciting, but fine with me, because when I told you that, you said, poor thing, took me to the ice cream shop, and then we boned all night like esophageal reflux disease might kill me by morning. You made me so hot that night, I thought the fire on your lips might kill me by morning. Your mouth always tastes like cinnamon hearts. I've decided never to ask why, so I can go on believing it's magic, just like I never ask why, I always find sparkles all over all our sex toys. You're like a unicorn, except I don't have to brush your mane, but I get to ride you all night through the stars while they cheer for us. I have never done anything before that was worthy of the stars' applause, but I notice that when I'm with you, they tip their hats to me and they wink at me. I think I'm good at you. Even if I'm not, the way you look at me makes me feel like I am. I don't want a good job. I just want your lips all up on my face like a sesame and then suckers and stuff to a scuba diver's mask. That's right. You're like peanut butter toast and a cephalopod. You said it's my poems that make you melt, but I'm starting to have doubts about that. I'm thinking maybe it's my hot bod or my smooth talk. And if not that, maybe it's the way we sit together like pork and apples. I'll be the pork because you're the apple of my eye. I don't know why I say shit like that. I resist that statement. I resist that statement. You're more like the apple that fell on Newton's head. Kind of painful when you dropped into my heart, but you made me realize how fucking awesome gravity is because you made me fall so deep into you, I suddenly found myself spelunking in your entire being. The next piece that we're going to play is by Written in Pain, complete opposite end of the spectrum. This is the... Uh, the love or not. This is the or not portion of that equation. So this is written in pain with love sick. Here we go. Love sick. Flee from me. Oh love. Depart from the reach of high. Gather with you your empty vows and false promises, declarations of 
immortality. Move from me, oh love. Why, the mere mention of your wicked existence only aids in the decomposition of what you have left of my depleted body. Love, I want no parts of you. You, you are the cloak the soul is used to attack the soulful. Love, do not even acknowledge your existence. Curses to your falsehood. Your salted kisses and bitter lies. Oh, love. Leaving me in a worse state than when I was found. For now, I crave you. Yes, love. Craving you without reason. You have robbed me of my very sanity. Love. You have rendered me unable to love myself. Since this be so, let me be filled with damnation or nothing at all. Let me be voided of even my own existence, for I am grown sick of love from hair to skin to the very marrow of my bones. Pain has me pent up. I can feel the walls closing in. Try not to ball up while looking for a pressure pin. Deep, dark, beyond measuring. Digging, trying to find what it is that I am treasuring. Love dealt me a hand. I could not hold it. I folded. I once had a heart of gold and someone stole it. Then they stole it. It equates to scattered screams and shattered dreams. Dreams that don't vision clearly. Screams when no one hears me. Muted while mutated. Degraded. Degraded. Decimated while painfully educated. Till I am emotionally eradicated. The road to nowhere is endless. Booted by lost premise. See, my life's motivation was hijacked, kidnapped by a hater and a lover's mask. Trick me, treat me, beat me. Like a hyena when you eat me. Laughing at me while gnashing at me. I have no weapons. Love is leverage. It aids deception. I must be a bullseye. They keep aiming disregard in my direction. My life is death row. Where's my injection? 
Since the arms of despair is my only affection, I evade love without detection. I've grown sick from love's infection. Unshielded, no deflection. Pain. It's got me pent up while the walls are closing in. I'm trying not to ball up while looking for pressure pins. Love. Oh, sweet love, move from high, for I love you not. That was written in pain. The third piece I am going to play is the indifference to love. It's like being able to look through all the love bullshit, both good and bad, and being able to just see a good relationship. But I guess that's a good way to describe this one. It has to be played. This this is a must-play on any Valentine's Day. <laughs> one of my very favorite poems ever from one of our contemporaries, Billy Collins, and this is called Litany, and here we go. For it, TV. The world is thinking. Here's a poem that um, I like to read, which is kind of another, it just connects with that one because it's uh, also stealing something from another poet. And a lot of this stuff goes on rather covertly that I'm not going to tell you about, but some of it, there are, there are different kinds of uh, thefts, and some of them are daylight, you know, daylight um, crimes, just op- you know, knocking over a jewelry store at noon. But another stuff is like a second story, guys. But this is very open. I, I take the two lines, first two lines of someone else's poem, and rewrite it for them. Which is, uh, this is this is done out of courtesy. Uh, to when you see a poem that doesn't seem to get, you know, that seems to fail, you can just rewrite it and 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 improve upon it that way. So. So this is a, uh, I came across this love poem in a magazine, and uh, it's a series of um, comparisons in which uh, the poet um, relies on a very uh, ancient um, device in, in, in Western love poetry, uh, at least dating back to the Middle Ages, which is to compare the beloved to various things in the world, and therefore, by flattering her, so your eyes are like stars and whatnot. You um, you make headway, and um, the um, so he uh, his poem really is a wheel spinning exercise in these kinds of comparisons. About forty lines of just the same stuff. You're like you know this, you or this and that. So he begins by saying to the uh, beloved, um, he says, "You are the bread and the knife, the crystal goblet and the wine." Litany. You are the bread and the knife, the crystal goblet and the wine. You are the dew on the morning grass and the burning wheel of the sun. You are the white apron of the baker and the marsh birds suddenly in flight. However, you are not the wind in the orchard, the plums on the counter, or the house of cards. And you are certainly not the pine-scented air. There is no way you are the pine-scented air. (laughs) It is possible that you are the fish under the bridge, 
maybe even the pigeon on the general's head, but you are not even close to being the field of cornflowers at dusk. And a quick look in the mirror will show that you are neither the boots in the corner nor the boat asleep in its boathouse. It might interest you to know, speaking of the plentiful imagery of the world, that I am the sound of rain on the roof. I also happen to be the shooting star, the evening paper blowing down an alley, and the basket of chestnuts on the kitchen table. I am also the moon in the trees and the blind woman's teacup. But don't worry, I am not the bread and the knife. You are still the bread and the knife. You will always be the bread and the knife, not to mention the crystal goblet and somehow the wine. That's Billy Collins with Litany, and that's definitely one that has to be played on Valentine's Day. Probably my fa- one of my favorite poems ever, ever. He's a great poet. He's all over everywhere. Uh, poet laureate. I think he was like poet laureate of the world, the universe, all of existence, to gods, whichever god you believe in. Yeah, all of them. He's that good. Um, yeah. Absolutely incredible poet. I really love the way he writes. I love his his perception of the world. Uh, I really think he's an important poet to read. Um, but all of him, all of his poetry is kind of cheeky like that. I think that's why I, I think he's brilliant. I think that's one of the reasons I really enjoy his work is it's so cheeky. Um, okay, so now, poets, this is what you can expect if you are on hold tonight. All right? We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 989 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please introduce yourself. That's very important that people know who you are, know who's reading, and that your name is attached to your work. Alrighty, You can do two poems to start out with tonight. Just uh, keep them right around the five-minute mark. Be courteous to the people waiting in line behind you. If the phone lines start to get too busy at some point, we may need to cut that back to just one poem. The only exception to the one poem rule is if you bring your homework or your writing assignment or something like that that I've given you, and then you get to read two. So that's kind of your your gold star for doing your homework is you get to read two poems even if we're on a one poem limit at the moment. All right, so the number to call in is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. And uh, right now, what I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give the, uh, oh, that's what I forgot. I got I tripped over my tongue and my brain just kind of said, yo. <laughs> it's because I knew I forgot something in the order there. Uh, when you're done reading, okay, two poems limit. When you're done reading, make sure you give out your URL so people can come over and find you and get to know you and your work better before you come back and read next week. Then... I want to remind you, too, that we have a mature rating, and that means that you really are seriously bound to hear just about anything, with the exception of hardcore erotica, no adult porn poems, 
Uh, no bumping body parts, tab A and slot B, nothing like that. Other than that, you're good to go. I'm going to give the first three callers so you kind of know where you are in the lineup to start out tonight. We have 989 followed by 734 and then 216. Okay, so let's go ahead and get area code. But before I do that, (laughs) you're all just ready, right? (laughs) But before I do that, remember, tonight it's to love or not to love. we, We never have a theme on the show, but it'll be great to hear Hear some of those love or not to love uh, poems from you tonight. But you're, you know, read whatever you want. Okay. Now, let's go ahead and grab caller 989. 989, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. It's George Wiley. Hi, George. How are you Hello. doing? So, you've been hanging out with me in chat. So nobody else can get yes. in chat. So, it's just us tonight. It looks like somebody came in and out of there a couple of times but didn't stay. But that's my first time in chat uh, for several weeks. I've been trying. Um, but anyway, so it's <laughs> so fun. It's really it's funny, fun. you guys. I, wait a minute. Wait, 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 George, wait, wait. So we're talking in yeah. chat, right? And he's saying, you know, I'm on here and I'm going to read and stuff, but I've got an important call coming from my son. And when that call comes in, I'm getting off of this site. And suddenly I felt like I was sitting there in leopard skin underwear on a 1-900 call. It's like, damn, his son comes around, he's going to hang up on me real quick. I kind of feel like daddy's a little secret. <laughs> we were talking about that in chat. It was so funny. But it's like, all of a sudden, I'm going to I'm gonna start talking like this. Hi, George. <laughs> nothing. nothing nearly What'd you bring tonight? <laughs> nothing nearly as intriguing as that. I can guarantee you. <laughs> My life has none of that luster. <laughs> it's more like did I wake up? It's more like did I wake up tonight, this morning, or not? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but a happy Valentine's Day. And, happy Valentine's uh, to I, you. Yes, and I, um, I have two, and my first, the first one is not about Valentine's Day or about the the uh, prompt you gave us. Um, it's it's another uh, it's another bitch about winter. Here, and then the second one is, and and the second one is a, a bit more about love, but maybe uh, maybe more unrequited. Okay, this first one, the icy. I just wrote both these this week, so very first draft. The icy shards of winter, the crusted winds of boldness, assaulting down the lands, with penetrating crassness, red frosted cheeks and hands. The hurried clouds that parent the blistered icy shards, the chilling unrepentant with arctic disregards. I knocked upon your portal, bid you to join my walk. But soon your hands were brittle, you could but barely talk. We hustled back accordingly, our fortitude we shed. Tis better to be timid warm. And very bravely dead, frozen heart still fall, fails to quell this season. I've never seen a poem smart enough to kill this freezing in the poem. You know, I absolutely love that. You came out with, yeah, I always talk about how important imagery is. And how when we write something, I always, I hear a lot of people say, I write something and I never edit. And 
if they tell me they never edit, then that I just yep. I, I just want to shake them. I would never say that out loud and in my out loud voice and tell people that. But seriously, I just want to shake them because I don't know how. Right. It doesn't matter how good of a writer you are, you know. Well, yeah. When you look at it, there's always something you can do to clean it up, you know. So I think that we should edit ourselves. I think that we should, you know, check and look at what we've written. Especially if we write right. something, when we read the line again, we think, is there a way I can say this better? And when I say mm-hmm. using strong imagery, I think about that for the very first line, uh, the crested wind. Just the Im- As soon as you say the crested wind, we all know what that wind is. It's when... It's mm-hmm. snowed for a while. It's stormed. It's gotten dirty. You know, it's melted. It's been there for a while. It's got that crust over the top. The wind hits it. It's not a nice winter wind. It's It's got those those little stingy things because it's picking up that, you know. And as soon as you said that, you know, instantly I was feeling that 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 crusty burn that that snow puts in your nose. I was, I mean, I was feeling, I, I was right there in that. And that was such a strong image for me, especially to start out the whole rest of the poem on it. It was fantastic. Well, thank you. I, uh, I, I said that, you know, I almost always, I always edit my poems. Uh, and this was the first draft, but I, while I was reading it, just speaking about editing, I, I sat here and circled the line that just as I read it, and I thought that's stupid. <laughs> so, but I still, but I still read it because I'm not quite fast enough to to ad lib new lines. Some of the poets are, but not me. <laughs> okay, yeah. The second one is a, a bit of a love poem. It's called "When You Didn't Need Me." At first, it was like sun through clean curtains, like peering out a rainy window to see your car, like big toothy grins, little gifts on the dresser, and the rapids of our unabridged passion. I called you my funny valentine. We wrote lavish things in the cards. We compared our love to Daisy and Gatsby, sang songs together. My plebeian life began to require you, and yours required me. It was a can't-miss time, a can't-sleep love. How luminous our days, how great you were. The rains didn't touch your eyes, the cold didn't hurt. I kissed your tears, you hugged my worries. Your skin was my dawn, your laugh my ambition. And one day I saw the luster leave your passion. The diverted eyes, the glances at the clock. The lateness getting home, more nights out with your friends. The disheveled clothing, taking your calls in the bathroom. Losing my gravity, I attempted heroic attempts at being essential. I dreamed up exotic ways to make you need me. Refusing to be vain or possessive, I fabricated attractivenesses in me it wasn't there. Why you had to go, I didn't know. You didn't say. There were days then when I couldn't look out windows. The curtains turned shaggy and yellowed. When a mirror was the enemy, the bedsheets cold and stiff. The dark skies of my life grew closer. My horizons faded. I spilled mustard on the Valentine's card, then threw it out. Yesterday, 
the girl in 4B knocked at my door and handed the card to me. Said she found it and thought there must be a good story behind it. Under her arm was a bottle of Cabernet. I asked her in. In the poem. I love that poem. Who would have thought that ending for that poem? <laughs> I love I love a weird twist in the stuff when I can. It was that was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant. It was a perfect ending. I cannot that I'm just yeah, I would love to hear that again. You should record some of these, by the way. You know what I'm what I'm doing now or trying to do and I've tried some experiments and they haven't come up is when I read a poem I've I've had I've read it with music in the background, you know, and recorded it. Mm-hmm. Sort of like one like this would be okay, you know, with the with the right kind of music. Not you know, not love music or not more like a background, you know, mood and such. Yeah. And um I'm tuned I'm tuned into that pretty good, but I haven't produced one. I try some. I you know, record them and then I listen and I think yuck. But the uh, Do you record the voice you know, separate and then put it over the music bed? No, I I'm not don't have the equipment. I what I usually do is I You don't actually, need the equipment. You need your computer and a headset. Well I've got the computer. I, I I have the headset but I haven't used the headset. And I've got the uh, smartphone and all I've been doing is running the music through the computer while I'm reading into my recording on my smartphone so the quality isn't there. I don't know if I explain that right. I've got the music coming from my computer speakers. I know and then I've got the Yeah, okay. So it's not very high tech and I keep thinking there must be a better way to do it. But I have There is about a better way and just as easy and so um and maybe even easier. Uh so I'm uh-huh. going to send you some information on that. I'm actually leaving town right. tonight and I won't be back uh for a couple of days, but when I get back and if I don't in the next couple of days remind me. Okay. Okay. Um Great. to send you the information on how to record on your computer. Mm-hmm. Okay, that I don't, I want to because I just want to get it the right. I don't want the music overbearing, and yet I don't want it so quiet that the program's real easy. It's just like working with a text document. So you go on and you hit a button, and the record program records what you say into your headset. Then mm-hmm. you open up a fresh document, like you would a Word document, and you mm-hmm. uh, pick out a music bed, and then mm-hmm. you take your yeah, music bed and you lower the volume of the music bed to about 10 to 15 percent is all turn it way down and then copy and paste and lay it right over the top of your thing and then merge files and you're done that's how easy it is it is quite easy huh and of course you can test it and modify it and refine it Mm you don't like the first yeah, right you can add echo and you get real brave you can do all kinds of weird things (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I don't think I'm very dramatic personality. <laughs> I think it'd be like it'd be like you know, mom jeans uh, on, a, on, a, on a on a rap poet or something. Anyway, oh, I okay. think you'd sound amazing. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just wanted to do that one more time before you hung up. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's amazing. Well, thank you for the confidence and the good advice. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I uh, 
I, I'm still experimenting. I've got these uh, music files that I've been playing, you know, and some third thing too is like sometimes the music will end before the song does or before the poem does. And I go, oops, though, find this longer song or speed the poem up or something. Or you, so you copy gotta, and paste a section of the music and insert it into the middle and make the song longer, and then it fits your poem. Oh. Good, good idea, good idea. Because they're files, you can copy, I can copy and paste them. Yeah. They're yeah. So I open up the music file. About. I'll I'll copy the instrumental, paste it right in the middle, and it just sounds like it's a really yeah. super long instrumental in the middle. Yeah. A couple times I've I've been going to try to read one on here, and I thought eh, I'm not quite ready. But uh, <laughs> well, thank thank you, and um, I will move on to the next poet. Thank you, dear. We'll talk to you next week, sweetheart. Oh yeah, I should, I should say that um, um, my um, I can be yeah. seen, I guess is the word, on uh, a Facebook page called George Wiley Writes, and also I'm on allpoetry. dot com, and then on uh, a couple of other uh, sort of Facebook type things. Okay. Perfect. All right, George, thank you so much. Great job tonight, honey. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 734. 734, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is Dennis White from Michigan. (laughs) Hey, Dennis, how are you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing mighty fine. Happy, Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you. It is so good to hear from you. Doing anything special today? Oh no, just uh, just the normal stuff, but uh, it's all good. <laughs> I'm spending my Valentine's Day with my favorite people. Well, aren't you snowed in? I, I think I saw a weather report where you get a lot of snow. I was talking about you guys. <laughs> you guys are my favorite people, so I'm, I just turned I'm spending it Valentine's. <laughs> No, right. no snow here. I'm we've we've gotten a couple little skiffs of snow no, over the last couple of weeks, that but snow. that's it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, well, you know I'm out on the West Coast, right? You're on the West Coast, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, say uh, below you I believe must have got a lot of snow. Mm-hmm. But Portland that's got a lot. Or there. <laughs> We're sitting in like All this right. little warm pocket and we don't get it nowhere near as much where I am. It really kinda of pisses me off. Hmm, but I, I I will leave that for another show. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a couple love poems tonight. Okay. Uh, the first one is Summer Love in Olden Town. And it was a collaboration between a poet at allpoetry.com that goes by Melodies. And that's all I know her by. I don't have any other... Uh, name I can give you, but I give her credit because we co-wrote it together. Summer Love in Olden Town. There was a man from Olden Town who danced upon the green. The steps he took were far and wide, the best you'd ever seen. He went to town one golden day, a flower in his hand, to find that special lass he loved, the fairest in the land. His lady love, so wrapped with bliss, 
sat waiting in the bower. Her face did blush in one fast rush when she espied his flower. He rushed right to her very side, prepared if she should faint. She then looked up into his eyes, and there, and therein saw a saint. <laughs> Love bloomed that day as night and lass did pledge their promise true. Then danced away with hands held tight into the rainbow's hues. So if you see them neath a bow, don't think they're seeking gold, for they have found their heart's desire. Love's treasure, it is told in the poem. <laughs> mm. I love it. I love the accent. I love the whole, the whole folk story thing about it. I, it was awesome. That was absolutely awesome. It was a lot of fun to collaborate on that. And uh, if people aren't doing that, I suggest they uh, they get with somebody and uh, give it a try. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a second love poem, but it's brotherly love. Uh, so. The title is, Love Your Brother. A song of love will only stand if it's sung across the land, and all who sing will take heed and strive to make it freed. Love your brother, take his hand, walk together in this land. The need before you don't ignore, lead your brother to safer shore. Keep his interest close to heart. Show your brother and do your part. Love your brother. Take his hand. Walk together in this land. This is the time to make things right and turn the darkness into light. Be a friend. Help in despair and let your brother know you care. Love your brother. Take his hand. Walk together in this land. End of poem. You know, you're reading that, and the entire time, it's almost like a utopian thought, you know, that, that we will go back to that or we will do that. I mean, it would take something catastrophic for, I think, society to go back to that. And while you're reading it, all I can think about is, and I, I do it on purpose. I always look at people. You know, it's like I'm probably like that, that crazy girl that walks up to people and say, hi, do you want to be my friend, you know, type of – because I'll sit there and someone will be in the elevator. I'll get in the elevator and someone's standing there and they're looking down. They won't look up. They're like looking at their shoes. So I'll just stare at them. I'll just look at them. You know, not weird, not creepy-like, you know, like, oh, my God, I'm, you know, in this elevator with a short creep girl scaring me, scary staring me, you know, but I'll look at them and just purposely try to catch their eye. And it is incredible how people won't even lift their eyes to greet the person standing next to them, let alone stand beside them as a brother. Because to me, that isn't about, you know, that is obviously not about brothers. It's about standing beside your fellow man. You know, and, yes. and but we won't even lift our eyes to look at the, felt, the person next to us, let alone reach out and touch, have contact, you know, interact. Yes. It's it's crazy. 
we've been conditioned to, to fear people and not to love people. And what a difference just the smile makes. If you can't give them anything else, at least share your smile. <laughs> you know how bad I love messing with people like that. You know, I used to when I'd work in an office and a delivery person would come in, so the UPS guy would walk in, and I'd look at him and I'd, I'd say, "Oh my God, Mike, Mike, how long has it been since I've seen you, Mike?" <laughs> and they just panic. They'll look at me like, "Cause their name tag, get it? I know their name because of their name tag, but they don't think about that." You know, and it's like, God, when is the last time I saw you college? College during that that frat party where we and you guys went up and you put gerbils in all the girls' underwear drawers. Do you remember that? I cannot believe you got in so much trouble for that. And I'll just start going on and making this elaborate story, and they're just looking at me like, oh, my God, this chick's nuts. I don't know who she is. Who does she think I am? What do I say? What do I do? You know. And then every once in a while you'll get the crazy person who's just as nuts as I am, and they say, oh, my God, it is you. Yeah, I do remember that. And then you're standing there, and you're having this dialogue back and forth, and everybody around you is looking like, oh, my God, is this real? <laughs> <laughs> but I love I love interacting. I love initiate making people initiate that contact because it's making them step out of their comfort zone and maybe the next person they won't, you know, be so look at my shoes with. I don't know. I don't know. Yes, Changing you. one one person with my own creepy little methods at a time, you know? <laughs> I'm making I, I my own little way. <laughs> it is it is utilitarian, but uh Change is only going to happen one person at a time, and we that's where we have to start. We have to do our part. <laughs> I'm doing my part. <laughs> <laughs> yes, All right. Are. Now what do you have, honey? Well, uh, I my poetry can be found at allpoetry.com uh, under the name of Haiku Plus You, separated by hyphens. So... If anybody wants to stop in there and see some of my work, uh, you're welcome to. If you want, leave a comment. Constructive criticism is always welcome. And uh, I look forward to calling next week. Well, I look forward to you being here next week. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Great job tonight, honey. Bye-bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 216216. You're on the air. Hey. Mama. Hi. Yeah, Mama. Hi, baby. Happy Valentine's Day. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to read a piece called Two Skies. Um, I've had a rough week this week. You know, I only had two children, and my second child just was in the hospital. Uh, he had um, get a stent put in his heart. You know, he's a personal trainer. I think he's been overdoing it. I don't know what happened, but um, it just took me took me by a loop. So <laughs> I'm gonna do two pieces. <coughs> and I'm just trying to keep one foot in front of the other. So like I said, there's a poem I'm gonna read now called. Two skies, and I'll send it to you because we got one sky, one sky very beautiful and other sky murky with the sun somewhere peeking out, but not but just barely. It looks like the sun and the moon both are trying to peek out, but the clouds are really scary. So again, it's called two skies. Can you hear me? 
I can. Okay. Your sky is above you. Your clouds hover over you. Show me the sky above you, and we shall rejoice or pray that we may change. Will we wait for change or change things while we wait? For certain, we must keep moving and keep changing. But that is the only way. What we knew about yesterday is not going to apply to what mindset we need for today. The past is for learning and discerning is not to repeat our past mistakes. Yet do not stay stuck in yesterday's sorrows or in the pain of the past too long. Only the willingness to change and embrace your destiny with an open mind and a willingness to keep afloat, to go with the flow, applying your knowledge to show what you know. Only what you thought you knew may be true because learning is a never Ending process. And no truth but universal truth is permanent. Personal truth may be null and void. Historical truths convoluted and written by men. God's universal law is the only law that stands on earth as in the hearts of men. The universe is never the same. The change is inevitable for those who understand and know as above or below. Those who commence to sitting on the fence, remember, if you overthink it, it must be wrong. So go within, appeal to your common sense, because deep inside is where God resides. Your sky is above you. Your clouds hover over you. Show me your sky and we shall rejoice or pray that we may change. Will we change or wait for change? Will we change or will we change things while we wait in peace? That was incredible. Okay. So thank you. I'm gonna um I'm gonna do my freestyle. Gotta get I gotta get my uh, get my groove on here and get out of this slump. So I'm gonna do my Mac Mama piece from nineteen I mean from twenty fourteen. I'm the original Mac Mama, the original before the digital when things were consequential. I be cooling down the trauma when it's no time for this drama. I get to the bottom of the trail, then I raise hell, just fell there, weak spell. I'm the original Mac Mama coming correct. I won't neglect to command respect from you that are derelict. Won't follow through on what you need to do. Ebola manufacturers are so wrong, they never realize that we are too strong. True gangster on these pranksters. I'm the true gangster, the original cast. Check my record in the past. Putting Ebola perps on blast. See, I puff, but I do not pass. Bad salt my ass. If you hear me, cheer me. These left brains can't scare me. Y'all need to make serious noise. They killing my peaks, lack of sleep, worry, and fear. We got the cure. 
You may be strong, but we are stronger. You may hold on, but we hold on longer. The nurse you let go, headed to the hood. The one isolated did what she should. People regurgitating on on planes and getting others exposed while you swear up and down there was nothing wrong, just a coincidence, I propose. People always vomit on planes and die. A-S-A-R-S, SARS, and many other immune diseases, this kind of threat. Mac Mama, it displeases. Fake weed and all kinds of distractions and microbiotic germs of destruction, little bugs that bite when they light are too small for the eye to be seen. Seems they are now everywhere. Mac Mama says, do not be scared. Stay ready in this uncertain world. Do not be scared. Just prepare. Like I said, bath salts my ass. In peace. Absolutely phenomenal, Mama. You know, I was sitting there when you finished reading the last one. Um, just as you did that, George Wiley pop some stuff up in chat and I was going to read it to you real quick and then I got all tumbled up but I wanted to tell you what he said because I thought it was pretty awesome. So George is sitting there and and uh, at first he couldn't hear you. You were pretty low and then you asked me, you must have moved the phone or something and we could hear you just fine. But he said, okay. I can't quite hear Mama. Everything she says is good and I hate to miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he says, Mama emits meaningful and hearts some words. She is a wonder, and she cares. Wow. That's pretty pretty awesome. That's, hey, what more could you ask for as a poet, as a person, as a human being? And uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. You've been listening to me tell you that you're amazing for years and years and years. And, and, uh, (laughs) you know, so you know I'm going to say something sweet, but I think it's, it's, you know, it's really nice when, I see something that beautiful written about somebody that I care so much about and admire and respect so much, so I just had to share that with you. Well, thank you. I'm going to go to the try to get in the chat room and read it for myself. As a matter <laughs> of fact, tell him I resemble that remark. <laughs> no, he had to go. He's not in there now. The, the chat's still up, but he's not in there now because his son called and he had to run. Remember the whole um, dirty little secret, Daddy's dirty little secret? Yeah. Yeah, son came that, and he had to close out the site real fast. <laughs> was he the one that re- that read first? Is he the was he the one that read mm-hmm. first earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. all right. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Mama, tell everyone how to find you, honey. Vicky Aqua Facebook, Vicky Aqua Poetry Soup, Vicky Aqua Google, A C Q U A H. Awesome. All right, Mama, love you dearly. Happy <laughs> Valentine's Day. Again, and love you too, darling. And I just, just definitely respect your, um, your willingness to just be here for us every week. It's just amazing. Um, I've never been able to be that consistent with anything, so I'm learning a lot. <laughs> and I've got to give you. <laughs> it makes me sound so that. responsible, doesn't it? If you only knew. Right, right. <laughs> this are. is the only consistent thing in my life, you guys. You're like my lifeline. You think that I do this for you? No. I do it for me. You keep me sane. <laughs> I saw this thing today, Mom. It said, you know, I have, or gosh, what did it say? Let me, I have to find it because I have to read it to you now. Sorry, guys. You have to hang on because this is really funny and, and relevant. Um, but I sent this to my son earlier because I saw it. It made me laugh. And it says, 
My ability to remember song lyrics from the 80s far exceeds my ability to remember why I walked into the kitchen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's what's going on. Like I said, there's so much going on. When when you get older, it seems like there's just one thing and another. First the knees, then the hips, then the memory. Oh God, it's just it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> and like I had I had I had um I had uh, coined a phrase and my girlfriend just cracked up laughing yesterday because I told her about three or four people already and stole it. And uh, it was so funny. So I said, you know, you can't turn a um, a prune back into a plum. She said, well, you can just keep on adding water. She said, it would be a wrinkled plum, but it would be better than a prune. <laughs> it might not fluff all the way back up. I said, yeah, it's pretty rough getting old. I was putting steady, putting water on my face, trying to get the wrinkles out. And he's like, what? <laughs> Uh, well, you know they they say you know fine wine, you know you just get better as you get older. Yeah, well. And I think of that that joke by Max Hedrum, or Hedrum, however you say his name, where it said he 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 said one one of his jokes was he goes I was walking down the street and I saw a wino eating grapes, and I looked at him and said, "Dude, you gotta wait." <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> So, so you know, when the guys look at the young girls, that's what they're thinking. They're thinking, God, I've got to wait for you to turn into something amazing. Hurry and grow up. <laughs> that, that's that's my story. Was that you that told us or was that Stan that told us about the man standing at the bottom of the steps trying to remember whether he was going up or coming down? And it wasn't me. <laughs> okay, well, he was a... A man, old man standing at the bottom stuff, he couldn't remember whether he just came down or was he going up. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really, too funny. That is really, and that's just about how it is, too. Okay, baby, enough of this, and uh, happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. I love you all, and I just thank you for being here uh, for Nyla as well. Okay, but I'm going to talk to you later. All right, Mama. Bye-bye, honey. Mm-hmm. All right, so I am going to give our next three callers so you know how we're doing coming up. We are having some issues with the chat room right now. Uh, nobody's able been able to get into the chat room, and we are having some problems with the lines, just so you know. So if you're trying to call and get in, just keep trying. Keep hooking with the stick. It'll let you on the lines eventually if you're getting that fast, busy signal when you're trying to call in. Um, just keep trying. And uh, maybe we'll be able to play some more Love Poem recordings tonight if we keep having issues with the lines. That'll be kind of fun, too. I think you'd enjoy that. But let's go ahead. Um, our next three callers are 832-757 and 910. So 832, you are on the air. Hey, <laughs> Manila. All right. This is the second time in the week that you've called in giggling and this the sing-songy voice. Who in the hell are you, and what'd you do with my soldier blue? <laughs> uh, I have no clue who uh, you are. <laughs> uh, actually, you at that point, made. I was just watching some of the... Hmm? No, actually not. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, we're not even going in that direction. <clears throat> but Okay, so, just so the... Because I, I didn't uh, actually catch the first part of uh, of everything. Uh, we're, we're doing two, or we can do two? We're doing two, yep. 
Okay. Because I got uh, two. Uh, well, for me anyway, they're relatively short. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, got to keep it all in perspective there. It's like it's not necessarily just the one or the other. But anyway, um, I like to that I kind of took a twist off of uh, that spring thing and did another one. So this is uh, this one is called Sleep. Calls fall short, seeping through the sodden blue. Spon, bon. Les jours. Rain fell for an hour. Couldn't catch a drop on my tongue. Dessin. Words fell from the dresser, soft and blurred like the collecting dust. Blood mist, blood kiss, Mabine. And I am gone again. Bonjour, option. A wanderer, a traveler of an earth, or some say, some might say, calling me. Precious bones of a dying planet, corals of green. Spring, the season many covet, gets stuck in the lining of my jacket. Perhaps I should shed my skin. As after a fever, get back, Ponce. Judah God's Fever dreams are strange things. Sleep. It is almost over. The dunes cascade over the sand hills. The throw throne. And we shall lay the crooked straight. You say. The heat of wither, the suns of different times, the surge of oceanic drift, the spew, the spray from an inland sea. Jean, sleep it is almost over. Being Bassi. There is a cascade of hailstones. I become as we. There is nothing left in spirit. We we pray, give reverence to the praying wind. Drago Tradze, and all is forgiven with the tide. Predatory saline froth, Botratrok. The foam, the smoke of all born yesterdays. All things done shall come again, resurrected. Resignation, reincarnation, the spit of putrid pearls, someone else's interpretive regurgitation. We are the raw cascade of severed stars, members of dim light cut from their stories of origin. Se migake on. Yes, dead star dims, bones of other planetary forms, Waki. We are our own collective of red earthen human beings, grace bestowed, a debt, a gift never ours, something owed, closing in 
cast asunder unto distance, Ethrokai, sleep of the sun, oh, sleep, it is almost over. Being, Incredible. Absolutely incredible. You read a second one, baby? Yes, I am. And this is, uh, I guess you could say this is a half ass kind of a love piece. It isn't really, but, you know. But <laughs> Anytime half ass and gonna, love are used in the same sentence, know, but this is cute. That tickles me. He says, that's yeah. a, it, it, it's about as close as I'm going to get anyway, okay? That's, that's about as much as I can say for it. And okay. um, so it starts It starts off, and uh, it's got a title of We uh, Tronbe, which in my people's language means I see you. <clears throat> These are those of us who are left, and we shall defend the sacred against all defilers, foreign or domestic, I love you. I will not come to you as a pauper. It shall not be so. I shall not seek you at all. We are the indigenous chosen from amongst our own to stand with courage, resolute where others would but quake and tremble. This is our robe of giving of comfort, the bower of our marriage, thoughts, which shall remain unbroken, imperturbable, eternal, irreparable. Witonbe, oh, yes, my love, my sweeter half, I see. There shall be no breath between us, as I shall seek, shall not seek for you. Thus, no lies shall stain the drink of our sustenance, the only skin we shall resonate with shall be our own. I am burnt. I am scarred. I shall not seek you. Oh, yes, my love, my sweeter, my halves of the whole. You thrown me. I see you. This, our earth grown terrible by misuse. It is the ground we have chosen to walk bear our bodies upon keeping our vows to the sacred oh yes keeping clean our sacred ground you want to know where I have been what suffering I have seen what sort of sadness do I yield I shall be honest I will not tell you it is enough that I have borne it as I have always had. Should you from the forest glen wish to speak of your story, I will listen. Speak of it to no one. Trust remains inviolate. From the shadows of the moonlight, should you wish to keep that soft speech as your own, it shall be so. I am no ignorant, no sinvergüenza, to pry like a thief at a window 
Sage smoke folds the distance. The blue hills rise to the night. The light of horizon. Yes, my love, my sweeter half of being alive. Though I have nothing left, we shall stand as red earthen ones where others have fallen. I love you. Shall not seek you. Oh, yes, we throw into me. I see you. We walk the smoking lands. Dasuda, Dashotse, Nonkem, Jongen, Ubechni, Empties. That was phenomenal, Soldier Blue. There were so many lines yeah. in there, and I thought I'm going to write this one down, but I couldn't. I couldn't. I was so mesmerized <laughs> that I didn't even write down all the lines I wanted to tell you. I thought were amazing. <laughs> well, just as a footnote, because I know I just kind of threw it in there. Uh, the, there's a phrase in there in Spanish which is uh, "sin vergüenza," and uh, that means someone who is without embarrassment because they're too ignorant to know that they should be embarrassed. So that's, I just wanted to say that <clears throat> in there. That's awesome. All right, I my just, darling. You know. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, no, no, I was just going to say, I mean, for me, you know, this is one of those days that I know a lot of people, you know, have their own thoughts of whatever they consider it to be. Um, but... For me, I just kind of, and it's not really with sadness anymore. I just, you know, it's just kind of an acknowledgement thing. Um, but, uh, I mean, my, growing up, my one of my brothers uh, had a drowning accident, and his birthday happened to be Valentine's Day. So, for me, it's more just a kind of like a day of remembering. And uh, he was uh he was a good guy, you know, and I can still remember the few things that, you know, interactions that we had in terms of, you know, the ones that stood out anyway. I mean, there were a lot of day-to-day things, but, you know, he was, he was my best friend. And, uh, you know, so I just like to acknowledge him on his birthday. Understood completely. And big hugs on that. Great. So there you have right. it. You can so uh, my, find, find me at, uh, at uh, Rafe Wild and Facebook. And then in parentheses, it'll say uh, Soldier Blue underneath Rafe Wild. So that's me. The poet with the porn star name. <laughs> hey. Well, like I said, man, they decided to disallow my native name, like they had so many native people at the for that particular time period. I don't know what their freaking reason was for that. It's like, you know, if it's somebody's surname, how in the hell can you disallow it, you freaking morons? But um, <laughs> anyway, they decided to disallow my native name, so I just said, okay, I'll give you something you can chew on. Have at <laughs> it, you know, bunch of dingalings. That's funny. Anyway. I mean, it's not funny, know. but it's funny. <laughs> well, like I say, that was just my take on it, you know, I mean, because I just all of a sudden thought of that one scene out of that, uh, uh, one of the early 
uh, Bill Murray movies. And I don't know if you ever saw it. Did you, did you ever see a movie with him called Where the Buffalo Roam? I don't think so, but I'm going to have to now. Oh, it's hysterical. He plays the part of a guy who's a sports writer, right? You know, he follows the, the you know, whichever, you know, sport is playing at the moment and writes his articles and sends it back to, sends it back to his, his newspaper. And also along the way, he does his, his uh, version of Better Living by Chemicals. <laughs> and, uh, there's one scene where he's out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, literally nowhere. In this little log cabin, basically snowed in. He's got a, a, a bottle of wild turkey upside down on an IV drip. And he has a fax machine. And he keeps getting these things in from his uh, from his uh, editor. You know, where's the, where's the story? Where's the story? Where's the story? And so he tears, goes to the, takes a magazine, tears out one of the back pages full of ads, and runs it through the, 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 uh, the fax machine and says, hey, chew on that for a while. <laughs> so, so that's what I did. That's what I did. I gave them a name they could chew on for a while. <laughs> that's funny. All right, my darling, we will talk to you next week. Oh yeah, I got some more. All right. We'll talk to them. Thank you. All right, baby. Thank you. And as always, thank you for the platform to be able to to uh, express uh give forms of self expression from. Absolutely, my pleasure. Thanks, hon. Okay. All right. So we have an issue right now. I cannot. I was trying to kind of prolong that a little bit while I was getting the sound tech. Um, I can't unmute any calls at the moment, and we've got uh, like one, two, three, four, five, five callers that have been able to get on, but I can't unmute you at the moment. So I'm going to play a track real quick. All right, and then when the track's done, hopefully I'll be I'll be finished with uh, with tech support. And I'll be able to bring you guys on. But I'm going. This is in a you know I don't think that any Valentine's Day would be complete without the smooth tones of Miss Epiphany Castro, and this is a beautiful piece of hers done in her velveta called "Not a Love Poem." All right, here we go. Etch it in the sky with the 
tip of your finger, you would, if you could, you could just simply love him. Limitless love, all-encompassing love, selfless love, imperfect love, even just love him. Stars will blister and burst as old wounds close, making way for new possibilities. Possibilities that shall pour from above and what shall come. Pieces of haikus you wrote. You wrote before you ever saw his face or knew his name. Before you ever stained his lips. Every line, every rhyme, every time you blink. A tear will spill. With a diamond encrusted shell. Preserving the former memory of what used to be. So that you shall not forget what you used to be. Before him. You will wait by a shore with no end. Anointment will come. Patience. 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 And so, I pondered, is this what it feels like? Is this what it will always feel like? A foreign stinging inside I do not recognize. Surely this has invaded my spirit, my heart, my body, my soul, screaming to unfold, begging to behold with every sense I have in me. The vision of he whom I was told is my destiny, my love, my greatest of love. My love that scorched my dream, my love I could taste in my sleep, silence. And then, words spoken. He is already there. Open your eyes. So I did. And he was right next to me. So, this is not a love poem. This is an already loved poem.
right, that was Miss Epiphany Castro with Not a Love Poem. I am going to try to unmute. Let's see here, one second. All right, one second. I knew exactly what love looked like in seventh grade. Even though I hadn't met love yet, if love had wandered into my homeroom, I would have recognized him at first glance. Love wore a hemp necklace. I would have recognized her at first glance. Love wore a tight French braid. Love played acoustic guitar and knew all my favorite Beatles songs. Love wasn't afraid to ride the bus with me. And And I I knew... I just must be checking the wrong classroom. Just must be searching the wrong hallway. She was there. I was sure of it. If only I could find him. But But when when Love finally finally showed showed up, she had a bowl cut. He wore the same clothes every day for a week. Love hated the bus. Love didn't know anything about the Beatles. Instead, Instead, every time I tried to kiss Love, our our teeth teeth got in the way. Love became the reason I lied to my parents. I'm going to Ben's house. Love had terrible rhythm on the dance floor, but made sure we never missed a slow song. Love waited by the phone because she knew if her father picked up, it would be... Hello. (sighs) Hello. Oh, my God. (laughs) I guess they hung up. And love grew. Love stretched like a trampoline. Love changed. Love disappeared slowly like baby teeth, losing parts of me I thought I needed. Love vanished like an amateur magician. Everyone could see the trap door but me. Like a flat tire. There were other places I had planned on going. But but my plans plans didn't didn't matter. matter. Love stayed away for years. And when love finally reappeared, I I barely barely recognized recognized her. Love smelled different now, had darker eyes. A broader back. Love came with freckles I didn't recognize. New birthmarks, a softer voice. Now there were new sleeping patterns. New favorite books. Love had songs that reminded him of someone else. Songs love didn't like to listen to. So So did I. I. But we found a park bench that fit us perfectly. We found jokes that make us laugh. And now love makes me fresh homemade chocolate chip cookies. But love will probably finish most of them for a midnight snack. Love looks great in lingerie, but still likes to wear her retainer. Love is a terrible driver, but a great navigator. Love knows where she's going. It just might take her two hours longer than she planned. Love is messier now. Not as simple. Love uses the word boobs in front of my parents. Love chews too loudly. Love leaves the cap off the toothpaste. Love uses smiley faces in her text messages. And turns out, love Love shit. (laughs) But love also cries. And love will tell you you are beautiful. And mean it. Over and over again. You are beautiful. When you just wake up. You are beautiful. When you've just been crying. You are beautiful. When you don't want to hear it. You are beautiful. When you don't believe it. You are beautiful. When nobody else will tell you. You are beautiful. Love still thinks. You are beautiful. But love is not perfect. And will sometimes forget. When you need to hear it most. You You are beautiful. Do not forget that. Love is not who you were expecting. Love is not what you can predict. Maybe love is in New York City, already asleep. You are in California, India, Australia, wide awake. Maybe love is always in the wrong time zone. Maybe love is not ready for you. 
Maybe you are not ready for love. Maybe love just isn't the marrying type. Maybe the next time you see love is 20 years after the divorce. Love looks older now, but just as beautiful as you remember. Maybe love is only there for one month. Maybe love is there for every firework, every birthday party, every hospital visit. Maybe love stays. Maybe love can't. Maybe Maybe love love shouldn't. Love arrives exactly when love is supposed to. And love leaves exactly when love must. When love arrives, say, Welcome. Welcome. Make yourself comfortable. If love leaves... Ask her to leave the door open behind her. Turn off the music. Listen to the quiet whisper. Thank Thank you for stopping by. That was Sarah Kay and Phil Kay. When Love Arrives, absolutely another one of my very, very favorite pieces ever. All right, let's go ahead and try to get area code 757 on. 757, are you with me? Hey, Nyla, it's Tamiko Barnett. Hey, girl. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Thank you very much. What you got for us, my darling? Okay, I got um, a couple of pieces. One, it was is a short poem that um, I've read on here before called Trivia Pursuit, but I added something extra to it, so it's like another version of it. Um, It says, So happiness is just a few steps ahead of me. This is a law. So of this happiness, what does spirit and soul say? Is Is it in pursuit or is it our natural way in peace? Wow. You know, you really are good at doing those little nails. You know, the doing short verses, being able to bring something really strong and meaningful out using very few words. It's something I really admire a lot. Oh, thank you. You're and very welcome. Are you going to read two tonight? Uh, yeah, I have another one. Um never shared this one before. It's called A Beauty Beyond. So, I mean, I guess it could be considered a love poem, but we'll, we'll see. Um, it's called A Beauty Beyond. And so, in a world of a million words, there are no words. The mud is deep, rising from the stem, a healing heat. The petals unfold. And ridges hold drops of water. May we be these lotuses in peace. May we be these lotuses. Honey, that was beautiful. That was a beautiful piece. Thank you. You are very welcome. It's been a while since you've heard from you. Mm, Yeah. Really glad you're here. Oh, thank you. I I call in sometimes um, since the year began to listen and just stay inspired. <laughs> so, so. Well, I'm glad when you I'm glad that you do that. I like knowing that, and I'm glad that you will press one when you want to read because I you know I am a fan of yours. I have been since the very first time you came on the show and read. Oh, I appreciate it so much, and I like having somewhere to go and share my work. 
Yes, you do. All right, Tamika, sweetheart, do me a favor and tell everyone how to find you, honey. Uh, you can find me on poetrysuit.com forward slash me forward slash T-A-M-E-K-O, number one and then number three. And um, there's some other websites, but you can Google Tamiko Barnett, B-A-R-N-E-T-T-E-T-A-M-E-K-O. Awesome. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Great job tonight. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye, Tamiko. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 910. 910, you're on the air. Hey, Lila. How are you doing, sweetheart? Hi. I'm good. I called you Lila. You what? I called you Lila. That's okay. I should have called you Layla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what have you been up yeah. to? Uh, uh, getting in trouble, staying out of trouble. You know, I got a court date tomorrow. We'll see how that goes. You know, um, you know me. If you need me to send you a out. book of poetry with a file, please let us know. Let me know right away. Oh, believe, believe me, I love going to jail. I seriously <laughs> do. It, it's like a fucking vacation, okay? Because all I do is I read constantly, and I don't eat the food. I lose weight, um, and I just uh, I just bang around the cell and grab every book. I remember one time I was in jail in Africa, and I read all three volumes of... Um, uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Um, well, maybe it was two then. I think it's three now because I just watched the latest movie. But, uh, Those are great books. Oh, geez, it's fantastic. Especially if you can read them back to back, you know, when you get the whole grip of the story, you know. And, you know, the writer of, uh, I forget his name now, but the writer of that series, he died, um, well, supposedly died. But, to be somebody in the mix with that much knowledge of what he was talking about, there might have been some kind of hanky panky going on with someone like somebody like on. It's time to put a bullet in this dude's head. So you know, who knows? You know, I don't know. And it's uh, but this is going to be nothing. It's going to be in and out. You know, it's a it's just a bang up thing. You know, somebody came at me and I have to bang him up. So might be a Polonius assault, misdemeanor thing. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, anyways, I didn't realize it was, uh, what, Valentine's Day? Otherwise, I thought mm-hmm. I was called in. But I decided I would line up. Because, you know me, I don't like to, I don't really do that whole holiday thing. But Valentine's is probably one of the things I could probably get into. But I just... I just heard the, the, the statistics on how much people are going to spend on Valentine's Day this year. $127 billion. No, you know, I'm, I subscribe to the... $127 million. That's crazy. I subscribe to the thing, don't bring me flowers on Valentine's Day if you don't bring me a dandelion on a Wednesday. You know, in other words, you know, if you're not going to love me all year long, don't do the token thing you're supposed to do. You know, think about the pressure, you know, that the people go, I've got to go buy flowers, and I have to do this, and I have to do that, and, you know, and 
well, you didn't get me good enough flowers, or we didn't, you know, it's just crazy, you know, to put all that pressure right. and all that on one day like that. You know, it should be, hi, oh, give me dandelions on a Wednesday. So I heard you say you were heading out, um, you know, after the show. Or whatever. Where, are you, where are you going to? I am going to go spend a couple of days over at the Oregon coast. My son gave me a, a certificate for a, a cabin rental over there for uh, at nice. Christmas. Mm-hmm. You have a special man you're going with? That's kind of personal. Maybe it's a girl. Don't well, gender assign me. Well, okay. Oh, fuck it. I'm a, a millennial here now. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. Uh, do you have a special person that you're taking with you? Yes, I am going with you got a You got a dolphin, you know, that you're going to meet over there? Or a, a blue whale or, you know? I, I have my puppy going with me. Yes. Because that's, <laughs> that's the best thing to take with you, your puppy. What do you got for a puppy? I don't really have a puppy. Oh, Jesus Christ. I just that I think I, I did that. I just, I just sounded less lonely saying that, you know? You were trying <laughs> to wave me off. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Would I do that, sweetheart? Uh, you've been known to do that on occasion. <laughs> Not very successfully, eh? <laughs> Let me read this, okay, so I can get in my next one. I was trying to divert the conversation, and it kind of worked. Did it now? Not if I want to continue it. Cause, let's see, <laughs> who are you taking with you, Nyla? <laughs> would it be a male or a female, or would it be a dolphin or a fish or a cat or a rabbit? Yes. You got yes, a pet, it is. You got a pet rabbit? You got a pet rabbit? <laughs> Uh, what you bring to read? I'm going to read this. I guess, uh, yeah, I'll read this. You taste like persimmon. I'm trying not to let my mouth get too close to you. I heard you could be but that doesn't seem to matter. I can drown loud out with headphones. I just lost overbearing the same kind of magic. I don't want all your problems. I just want you. Sparrows cling to the metal of my heart. The chiffon finally addresses the touch of your flesh. Now, because I feel like if it doesn't happen, the sky might fall out of reach. Major D takes all the menus of the clientele. All the reservations have been suspended. This first who was stay after the chef and staff are at your beck and call. Recommends a la carte. Sitting across from you, knowing that my steel heart is weaker than your can tell. It's been said this speak is hidden deep in pages of champagne eyes. Looking straight into yours, I'm stuck inside your mysteries. Nod my head. Call for the check. Leave without a signature. Take the underarm. Design steps towards the East River. New York looks fabulous at 4 a.m. When dessert, sitting next to you. This is called Champagne Eyes. My name is Glenn Still. 
That was beautiful. You always say that. I loved it. And I'm trying to, for the life of me, there was a line you said in there, and I'm trying for the life of me to remember what it was, but I was just following you so close, and it's like, God, I can't remember. I was going to write it down. It's like, no, I'll remember that. And now I don't remember it. (laughs) It's all good. But I loved it. I loved something about, it was, the line was something about, um, I want you, not your problems. I just want you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just lost overbearing with the same kind of match. I don't want you. All the problems, I just want you. Sparrows cling to the middle of my heart. It's just on the thinly addressing the touch of your flesh. Mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing. Mm-hmm. I loved it, Gwen. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. And you're going to read another one? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, this is going to be... Uh, <laughs> this is going to be anti... Um, uh, holiday, Valentine's Day. I was never super strong on you. Not like any of those trying to accelerate, got the thinking they could make your mind up and try to domicile you. That would never be set you, baby. I always thought about trying to get you from running. I did my time with that and beginning out of it. I liked your every word. I heard you speak. Sound like the manual of how to stay hot in the world. Oh, world so cold. Keep burning me up. Stop running. I gravitated to you when I thought it might be real. Like back in the beginning of the day when truth was elemental. Something when what we said meant was everything we felt. Alas, as always does, the more one reveals about themselves, the more judgmental everything comes and it becomes closer. I was never super in love with you. I told myself I could be, but I knew if I did too much to change, it would be those two ships, two ships on the sea passing, trying to collide with each other. I'm going to stand here and tell you I don't love you after three times of trying to get rid of you before a plan worked. And yet to get started again, just passing life out in the dark required for lumber now. You were never unconditionally mine. We both kept breathing. When I caught my breath, the beginning was but I found we could be in love with each other, yet love someone more. We wasn't running. It's called Stop Running, and my name is Wayne Still. You know, I think everybody has somebody in their life they have that kind of a bond with, that kind of love for. Yeah, we crossed on this, uh, I, I think, I think maybe a couple times prior to when I called in. Maybe it was the last time, I'm not sure, but you know, you can actually love two people at one time. You know, of course you can. And you I know, people in, say you can't this. do that. You can't do that. Yes, you really can do that. You know, you, you tell that to a mother that, with three children. Yeah, and you can you can love them. I mean, I'm not talking about polygamy. You know, uh, that kind of thing. But you know. But I think the concept of monogamy is kind of far-fetched, to be quite, and I think it's ridiculous, you know, to be quite, you know. But who the hell am I? The person who can think whatever he wants to think, because they're your thoughts. Yeah, and evidently you think the same way, so, you know, there's two of us, and, you know, there's probably 
a million, a million more of us out there, you know. You know, I think really when it comes down to you, to it is uh, you can be truthful and not hurt each other while you're loving, loving whoever you're in love with, and, you know, the same as grandiose. But, but unfortunately, you know, when you're in love with more than one people, one person, um, there's all in our in our society, and maybe others. I'm not sure. I don't live in other cultures, but um, there's always lies involved, and lies are what ruin, you know, this the Valentine a literal, you know. But anyway, who the fuck am I to think about that? Anyways, you can find me. Just Google me, Glenn Still, G O E N S T I L L. Basically, I use Facebook, um, and I you can find me on SoundCloud. I'm gonna let you get on with your your thing. I know you're having difficulties, so you know. Happy Valentine's, Nyla. <laughs> Happy Heart's Day to you, Glenn. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you too. All right, you we'll too. talk to you soon. All right, repeat. Thanks, hon. All righty, our next caller comes from area code 256256, you're on the air. Good evening, Nyla. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing this wonderful Valentine's Day? You sound, you sound extra sultry tonight. It must be because it's Valentine's Day. Yeah, well, this is not only the day for the Valentine's and all that. This is also happens to be the day my grandmother was born. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I could not think of a better day for her to have been born. The gift of love that kept on giving and gives still. Yes. Yeah. She was an amazing woman. So do you have a poem for her you're going to read tonight? No, actually, uh, I did read one for you like that. That was Grandma's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. I remember. Home, home, homemade. So That's now you have some new homework. You ready? Uh-oh. You have a year to write it. Oh. I'm listening. Okay, so your your homework is a valentine for Grandma. Wow. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Especially since she was born on Valentine's Day. I think you'll have I think that could be a pretty special one, a Valentine for grandma. And you don't have to if you write it right away, you don't have to wait till the next year to read it. Just that's your that's okay. your homework. A poem for grandma uh, or val a Valentine for grandma. Okay. I will. Okay. I will. I'm good at this, aren't I? Yes, you are. <laughs> Uh, all right. Tell everyone, introduce yourself. You forgot to do that. This is Stan out of Alabama. Indeed it is. <laughs> all right. What do you got for us tonight? What's going on with you? What'd you bring? I'll tell you, in lieu of the day, I decided to bring one where, you know, we do fall in love sometimes and it doesn't work and it hurts. And sometimes to avoid any more hurt, we tend to put up walls so we don't get hurt again. 
But if we're really lucky, someone can see through those walls and still see us. And hopefully, are patient enough for those walls to come down. And this poem is called Wounded Hearts. In our journey through love, a lesson we learned. It can change its direction to life's pendulum sway. And a heart must be strong once life's arc has turned. Separate we began, naive hearts on display. With youthful emotions and passions infused. Thought we had found love that always would stay. We found instead our hearts had been misused. The painful lessons when love fails and falls. And lonely fear when love's trust is so abused. So when we met tattered hearts behind defensive walls. Hiding scars from broken trust we've been through. Hardened by fires of fear and pain we recall. Resilience brought our souls back into view. Sharing new joys and past pains now bonds my heart to you. In peace. I like it. (laughs) Thank you. That was actually the very first Tersa Rhyme I ever wrote. The first, the first what? Tersa Rima. So explain what that is. I'm that uh, Tersa. Uh, am I hearing you right? Yeah, Tersa Rima. And what it Tersa is, is okay. a, it's a it's a poetic uh, rhyming pattern. A B A D C B C D C, and then D E D, which finishes the. Uh, the three-line stanzas, and then the two-line stanzas back off the rhyme of the E. So 14 lines in all. That is awesome. I'm going to have to try that one. Oh, I'm telling you now, that that is something I have definitely enjoyed as people coming up and saying, you know, we're going to do one of these and it's going to be done with this uh, kind of a poetic form, and I've been introduced to quite a few different poetic forms, and every one of them is, is really just blowing my mind. It really has. I've really enjoyed doing them. It's one of the things that I fought for a long time because there was counting involved, and me, numbers and I, I'm numerically dyslexic. I have a really hard time processing numbers in my head, and when I mean, it is almost like you, a physical, tangible cramp in my brain when I try to put numbers together. I just, they don't, it's not that I can't do them. It's just that it is physically uncomfortable for me to even think about math. Um, whereas words are like air. I mean, it's, it's just a completely different thing. And so I really fought doing form poetry for a long, long time. And so I have to count, I have to count this and I have to count that. And I have to pay attention to line one, line two, line... It was just the the pattern of it was, you know, like this scary, scary, impossible thing for me to... to that just really... I, I couldn't do. I, I didn't want to do. I, I, I would hide from it, like, you know, in the closet and under the stairs, wherever. Um, until 
I, one year I made the New Year's resolution that I was going to learn a new poetry form, uh, two, right. two new ones every month for a year. And I started looking at them differently instead of having to count things. Instead, I made them word puzzles. And when I made that switch in my head, all of a sudden it became so much fun because no, I was no longer counting. I was putting words together in a puzzle and just making that shift in my brain made form poetry make much more sense to me. And, uh, you know, I, I say that and share that because, you know, a lot of people struggle with writing form poetry. It isn't, you know, it's something that I think the 60s, you know, the free poetry movement of the 60s really uh, kind of robbed us of was the constraints of form poetry. And then everything was just free love. You know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I really think that it's important for us to learn those forms. And uh, so I share that little story just because, you know, even though it's not the most flattering story in the world, it's the truth, and it may help, help somebody else take some of the the mystery and intimidation out of writing form poetry. Right. Well, it's like with me, the, the like you said, I, I don't have the thing with the numbers, but the idea of rhyming, for me, at, at, the, at the start of it was, eh. You know, so it was a lot of haiku, senru, tanka. You know, you didn't have to run. Mm-hmm. Right? Then I started putting together a rhyme here and there. And then I started looking at some of the other poetry, and I said, well, there's a cadence and a discipline to this, and it rhymes. I think, and then that's what it finally got me to where I walked my way back to where I would rhyme. But I didn't always rhyme, you know. And I, I got to tell you, I love free verse. <laughs> I love I it. I think when you sit down love, to write a poem, a poem will naturally choose which direction it wants to go. Exactly. I've started off with a poem in mind, and I start writing, and I find myself either, well, like on that day, that became a free verse. The flow of thought came out as a free verse. I could tell him a story. And then I'll write something else, and it could be a limerick. It could be couplets. I don't know. I don't know until the pen hits the paper and it starts to go. Does it ever piss you off when you sit down and you think, I'm going to write this, and, it's, I'm, and, and consciously you're thinking it's going to be free verse, and then you write a line and it rhymes. And once you write that one line that rhymes, it's like you can never take the poem back. It did what it wanted to do, and now you have to make it a rhyming poem, even though you didn't want it to be a rhyming poem, because it turned itself into one, naturally. I wrote a, I wrote a poem called I Am, <laughs> and it started off free verse. It was I am, that is enough. And then the, the, the very next lines, I ended up in rhyme. And I went, I wasn't trying to do this. But the very next line ended up rhyming. And I went, yeah, okay. I've done that, and it pisses me off. And so I'll try to take the poem back. I already went where yeah, it wanted I, to go. I cheated. I went ahead and ran the rhyme out. Then I threw a line in there that did not rhyme. And then I went back to, that is enough, I am, and ended it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Turned out to be a pretty good poem, though. It actually did. But, yeah, I've had that happen where I'm writing, and for some reason, the flow of thought's there, and all of a sudden, for some reason, in pops a rhyme. 
Mm-hmm. I know. It, it's almost like a, a tick or something. <laughs> That's a perfect way to describe it. A poetic tick. There you go. Yeah, or 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 a brain hic you know, your brain hiccup and it's like, Oh wait, well we'll get back the record skips. That's you know. Yep. Yeah. One of my leaves just blew off. What am I gonna do now? <laughs> really? Well would it. you like to hear one more? Yes, please. Well this one is not me. But it was such a beautiful lament. I just felt like I was going to share this. And this is one of those situations where we were uh, given the name of a poet and we sought the poet out. And this was a piece that this, this poet did that I liked. It's called At a Window. Give me hunger. Oh, you gods that sit and give the world its orders. Give me hunger, pain, and want. Shut me out with shame and failure from your doors of gold and fame. Give me your shabbiest, weariest hunger. But leave me a little love. And a hand to touch me in the dark room, breaking the long loneliness. In the dusk of day, shapes blurring the sunset, one little wandering western star thrust out from the changing shores of shadow. Let me go to the window, watch the day, shapes of dusk, and wait and know the coming of a little love and peace. Absolutely beautiful. Mr. Carl Sandberg. Hmm. I can see that. Yeah. The man I really had like a him. Mm-hmm. Huh? I, I really that. like him. I really like him. Yeah. Yes. He does Sound one of my nice favorite quotes, and I can't think of it now to save my life. Just because I'm trying to remember it now, I can't think of it. But I can read you the the lyrics songs, the eighties, like the eighties song. You missed it. It was a it was a comment at the beginning of the show. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I know, about forgetting but, things. Yeah, but you know, now this wasn't one of his most recognized poems. This one wasn't. Um, but it was just something about it, and I thought, I want that one. That's the one I want to do. <laughs> that one right there. And it seemed a good one for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I agree. Beautiful pick. All right, my darling. Tell everyone how to find you. Well, you know, you can find me on Nyla Lisa's Speakeasy Cafe. Uh, tomorrow night, you can uh, you might catch me in the first hour of Let's Talk About It, which is Van Meadows' show on Epiphany Radio. Still blog talk. Uh, and later that evening, if you have a Mixer app, that's M-I-X-I-R app, you can catch me doing spoken word on World Poetry Open Mic. What is uh, Mixer? In, huh? What is Mixer? Say what? 
Mixer is an app that uh, is an app that it connects you to a broadcasting system where you can listen to other people's broadcasts or actually start to make your own. Cool. And if not there, uh, I'm in the Outlaw Poetry Group. Uh, I can be seen sometimes on Shattered Ink Poetry. Uh, Also, I write in the Garden of Poetry and Prose, which is an anthology group, and another group called Poetry of Springs Embrace. And some of my poetry can be found in the 2017 and 2018 World Poetry Open Mic Anthologies. And in Outlaw Poetry's anthology, we're in cahoots, which is on Amazon. Very cool. Did you see the links that I posted on my Facebook page for the uh, journals that are taking submissions right now? Really? There's several of them. I do that. Uh, at least I try to do that at least once a month. Put a bunch of links on for different journals that are accepting submissions. So if you haven't seen those, I challenge you to go over and check them out on my page, and look what their submissions, what they they have open submissions for right now, and and submit a couple things. All right, I will check it out. Yeah, there's some good journals on there. All right, my dear, we'll talk to you next week. Yes, ma'am. And on to the next. And happy Valentine's Day. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. You too, honey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 832832. You're on the air. Good evening. Good evening. This is Amelia T. Davis calling out of Houston, Texas, also known as Poetical Angel Queen. It is good to hear from you, sweetheart. How are you doing? I am fabulous. Thank you for asking. You're very welcome. (laughs) So what do you have for us tonight, love? Okay, this is fresh off the presses. It's called Panther Love. He is fresh like a spring morning breeze blowing into my life, invigorating it. He has the sweetest unadulterated charm. Keeps me smiling day and night. He stepped up and in when they were stepping out and deserting. In his voice, I found joy again, sparkling and intoxicating like champagne. He is the sun in my darkest night, and he is the heat penetrating in the daylight. He isn't a pimp or a player, He is a gentleman of the highest quality, intelligent, miles above the rest, cunning and sophisticated, a man of morals and values. He doesn't preach. Instead, he walks daily the path of Christianity, allowing his actions to speak to who his Savior is. He has me dreaming of hot, 
steamy nights intertwined in his chocolate forever. He has captured my heart with his tender compassion. His heart of gold has me mesmerized. His masculinity undeniable. He isn't the one to challenge. You will surely lose to this mighty man of strength and power. Handsome and sensuous, divine in his design, his chocolate essence of sexual proneness has the peach dripping in anticipation. He is poetry in motion, a living testimony to the versification. His words reverberate in my ears, such a melody of the harmony we share. His affection is as wide and deep as the ocean, ebbs and flows of the cascading passion we share. His wisdom is that of King Solomon, slowly building a foundation of the eternal romance of a lifetime. Patience is his habit, looking into the future for the permanent, pursuing not just my body, but my heart and mind, for he values me as a queen. Truly, he wears the crown of a king, for he is regal, majestic, noble, exalted, spectacular, dignified, sovereign, heroic, and audacious. He is the ultimate alpha male, a lethal panther. To him I bow and honor, for he thrills my soul. He is my panther love. A Valentine's tribute to Panther King. Musings of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, in peace. That was beautiful. You know, I'm listening to that and, and you know, listening to to your descriptive uh, imagery and all that, and I'm thinking, God, I don't think that person, first of all, could exist. <laughs> and if they did, how amazing it would be. But there would have to be something wrong, like, you know, he farts in his sleep or he burps at dinner because nobody's that perfect, you know. And then I'm thinking, you know, how hard it would be to live up to that. You know, how hard it would be to have somebody love you that deeply and see you that way. I would be terrified. It's such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful description of, of, you know, the person that you love. I think it would be really hard, though, for somebody to ever believe someone saw them that beautifully. You know, because seldom does anyone see themselves that beautifully. You know what I mean? You know, and so right. how how that would make them feel hearing words like that written about them. That'd be pretty awesome. Well, you are correct. He he does not exist yet. I'm I'm back at the pen and paper trying to write him into existence, but I decided uh, actually I'm gonna be doing a whole series of uh Panther poems. Panther King poems. So there you have it, right hot off the presses, just for you. <laughs> Thank you so much, sweetheart. It was awesome. You're welcome. 
So you can find me on uh, Facebook under Emilia T. Davis, E-M-I-L-I-A-T-D-A-V-I-S, or under Poetical Angel Queen. You can Google me under Amelia. I'm on SoundCloud. I'm on Reverb Nation. I'm on Twitter and everywhere else. Um, just look for Amelia T. Davis. Um, and um, I'm here almost every Thursday night with Nyla. So much love, darling. I appreciate all your love, prayers, and support. Uh, and as Stan says, next poet up. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Thank you. Great job tonight, honey. Thank you, darling. Bye bye, honey. All right, so our bye. next caller comes from area code, whoops, wrong one, 951. 951, you're on the air. Marla, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. This is Eric Devon. In Southern Eric, California. Good to hear from you, Eric. Thank you. Ah, so um, I missed a lot of the show. I called in late. Oh. Well, it's archived, so it'll be okay. <laughs> that is true. That is true. No pun intended. Okay. <laughs> so, um, is it very busy tonight, or? We have a little lead. You can read two, as long as they're not real long. You can read two poems tonight. Ah, they aren't long at all, yeah. Beautiful. So, um, in honor of tonight, or today, being uh, my brother's birthday, my youngest brother's birthday, you know, I want to wish him a happy birthday, and I do love my brother. Wait, that intro is kind of weird for this poem. I don't think I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> Yeah, so apparently today You can is love your brother, holiday. just don't love your brother. We understand it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and then I looked at the poem and I was like, ooh, that title. This poem was not written for his brother, you guys. <laughs> yeah, okay. we need that very, very clear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I, I knew so what you were saying. Of course, of course. You are a pro. <laughs> so, um,. This first has kind of two parts. It, the The first poem is uh, called Each Lover a Poem. And then I thought, well, there should be a poem connected to that. So there's this poem. And then part two of it is um, a short, very short love poem. And then I have a poem about um, self-care. A lot of people don't handle this time of year very well. And um, that had, and for me, it had nothing to do with this time of year, but just generally keeping my mind straight. One of the things I do when I need to uh, give myself a little boost is I shave. So I have a poem about shaving. So um, first of all, each lover a poem in two, two parts. second part is called How to Love, How Best to Love Me. Each lover a poem. Each lover is a poem, written and rewritten on bed sheets, cushions, couch cushions, and sweat-stained walls, read only in knowing glances. 
Each poem is a body, a collection of eager limbs and heartbeats. Each body is a fingerprint, a sequence of ridge and groove that twists and winds its way around itself with no apparent origin. Each fingerprint is a lover, and each lover a poem. Part two, how best to love me. If I ask you to read poetry with me, I mean, come, let's bear our broke, let's bear full our broken, lie, parallel and exposed. If I ask you to read poetry to me, I mean, come, be teeth and tongue and rising wind, rumble in the spaces where my voice still suffers softening. And that's the end of that poem. That was beautiful. Thank you. That was absolutely beautiful. I think you should work on a third a third I think you should work on a third thing for that second half though. As mm, if we okay. you had if you read poetry together, right? Yes. You read with me, and you had. If I asked you to read to me, but what if you read to her or to them? Oh, I like that. That's interesting. You ask, asking for those things, and you know, what is it you're going to read in return to response to being given those things? Right. I like that. I think something to think that. about, something to visit, because when you when you got to, I, I was expecting that, and maybe it's good that it's not there because I was expecting it. You know, I I mm, thought that might okay. be where you were going, so maybe it's even more powerful that it's not. But it's something to think about. Okay. Because you yeah, know, the first I, um, part was powerful, and the second part, I get to be the wind and read to you, and and it's like, oh, okay, now what? <laughs> Wait, what? What? <laughs> no, don't leave me hanging. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, that's in, like kissing a I, woman like you want to have sex and then walking out the door and going to work and, then and you just leave away. her in that agony all day <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to pretend like I haven't done that before um, anyway. <laughs> the best kind of asshole in the world does that you know that right <laughs> It's like, right, I love right, you, but right. I hate you right now. I love you, but I hate you. I love you, but I... Will you come home now, please? <laughs> it's called building anticipation. Yeah. I know. There's it's a still... craft to it. <laughs> well, that's what that poem did. I, I want to know okay. what happens when you read now. Uh, yeah, uh, um, initially, when I wrote it, or when I was... Uh, I got the idea for it, um... It was going to be three parts. Uh, it was going to be write, read poetry with me, read poetry for me, and read poetry to me. But and it's, it, it was me centric, <laughs> I centric because I can't necessarily speak for the other person. But that does present a challenge: how to introduce that concept without seeming like I am trying to speak for the other person. So I will give it some consideration. Yeah. (laughs) So um, 
I was a little distracted when you were giving me that, that feedback because apparently someone in my neighborhood uh, is confusing February 14th with the 4th of July because I, or New Year's Eve because I heard a lot of, yeah. Um, but when I look into your eyes, I see fireworks, baby. That, that's what it was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was those homemade um it was the world responding to your poetry, the cosmos exploding <laughs> with wonder and joy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this next piece, again, is, is about how shaving is therapeutic for me. And it helps me keep my sanity. New blades cry for a slow bloodletting is the title. Peering back from some father trapped beyond liquid sand blown true, the eyes, clouded, rose vein and vacancy, trace chin to cheekbone, then hover across the arm's length between us to half hold my gaze. He fingers the slick razor handle. I tilt my neck at the offer. At the twin moment, he offers me hit. We smile and cup warm water until it drips on our collarbones. Today, the rinse is especially slow, the lather especially thick. Each deliberate and practiced pull opens a new pore, breathing, mimicking a battlefield carefully cleared of its carnage and burnt bodies, and the land, once restored, declares victory, and the war wages on. And that's why I chose to end that piece. I really like that. You know, I think everybody has, has a ritual. It's kind of like comfort food. You know they have something that they can that they do that they're compelled to do compulsory compulsory. My face won't spit that word out. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> that has the compulsion to do. You know when something happens. Uh, you know, like somebody breaks up, the first thing they want to do is eat a tub of ice cream, or right. you know, that's a little cliche, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, I do. I think we all have something like that. Right. I and, think and for me, it's less a... I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think for me, it's less a compulsion and something I have to deliberately choose. You know, um, I don't feel compelled to go and shave, I have to remind myself this is something I can do that actually makes me feel better. And I, I, I force myself to, to begin the process. And at some point in the process, I feel a lot better. There's a cleansing that happens yeah. in the process. Understood. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely but, love it. I respect people who do have a compulsion <laughs> to... Uh, and, and 
You know, I don't know. Maybe compulsion is the wrong word to use, but it's like when something happens to me, you know, that that's mm-hmm. really mentally a, a tsunami, you know, and just really knocks me okay. back. It's like there's this part of me that just feels very. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to think. I don't want to breathe. I just want to crawl in a hole, you know. Right. Um, I don't do the whole ice cream thing. But sometimes you have to remind yourself, okay, I need to breathe. I need to do this. I'm going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. You know, the the whole realization that, like, you're talking about self-care and stuff. And I think that there's, when I say compulsion, maybe that's the wrong word. But it's the thing that you know that you need to do to start the process. Like, for me, it's... I need to get in my car and I need to go far away and get lost mm. lost in the tree. I just need to get out. I need to get out and away from the noise, away from all the white noise, you know, and stand in front of right. the tree and ask myself the question, how do I explain divorce to a tree? I can't. You can't just explain divorce to a tree. And so it helps wow. me put things in perspective. You know, the same right. way, you know, when you were talking about shaving, how you were clearing away... You know, basically, you know, very poorly put, you're, you're clearing away the bullshit so you you can stand up and, and see clearly and and make your step forward from there. You know, so for me, it's trying to explain divorce to a tree. So it's not a, like you know, that. it's not something like, like, like you are, you know, compulsive, obsessive, compulsive behavior, but something that's a step you know you need to take. Right. I do have compulsion, and um, I have to remind myself this isn't a healthy way to address this because uh, <laughs> I will start eating. Um, before, years ago, I would stop eating, and it'd be a couple of days before I realized I hadn't eaten anything, and there was one instance uh, when I didn't realize I hadn't been eating until someone hugged me at church and felt my ribs through my suit and asked me if I was eating. Um, I went home and looked in the mirror, and for the first time, I'm sure I had seen myself before many times, but this was the first time I noticed my cheekbones, how sallow my my cheeks were and how pronounced my cheekbones were. And then I ran into someone the next day at Walmart who I had known for four years, my brother's friend and he walked right past me I called him by name and he came back looked at me took him a few seconds and Eric man I thought you were some crackhead trying to talk to me (laughs) and that's when it clicked I am not Mm -hmm. myself I can't let this happen again so now I actually am I compulsively eat so I have to remind myself to a to avoid placing myself, because that's just as detrimental as refusing to eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we need to be proactive about our our process. Exactly. Great job and great message in that. That was awesome. Thank you. So um, for the people... (laughs) My name is Eric Devon. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram as True the Poetic. And I'm starting something. I've been 
have been helping people self-publish books through an entity I call Innate Divinity Books. Just created an Instagram page. So if anyone is interested in checking that out, giving us a follow. Um, Innate Divinity Books or True the Poetic, both on Instagram. Awesome. Take the, if you've got the link for that and stuff, go uh, go over on my page and promote it on my page. Let people know what you're doing and put the link in there. Oh, very cool. And um, thank you for posting uh, journal submissions, open submissions for journals. Um, have you been checking them out? I have not, but I heard you say that to a previous caller, and I'm certainly going to go on it. And yeah, I, I look for ones that have themes because then they're they're kind of like prompts, you know. So it's I really look for the ones that that have themes, so it gives you something to write to and something to submit to. Unless you already have something written uh-huh. on that, but yeah, they're they're usually really good journals. So go over and look at my page and check them out. Very cool. Thank you again, and I will see you in another show or here <laughs> with you. All right. Thanks, son. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right, so we have 38 minutes left. We've got one, two. If you guys are really quick, and I'm going to keep my comments down to a minimum, we've got four callers left. You can still do two palms. Let's just try to keep it quick so that we can get everybody on by the end of the show. All right, our next caller comes from area code 585. 585, you're on the air. Hi, this is Sean. How are you? Hey, Sean, how are you doing, sweetheart? Oh, great. Uh, this is, uh, it's called, um, the, the Heart Cries. Okay. Okay. The Heart Cries for those who do not want to wake up to their true essence. My heart cries for those who do not know what their actions allow for. It's scary more to me that poverty even exists, not that it needs help being alleviated. My heart cries for rhythm. My heart cries for the fractal of the universe to know us in its grip. My heart cries to have the electrical wave connected to the earth and everyone else. It is a purpose, you see, the heart cries for pain or the reflection of it. The heart cries when it throbs. The heart cries when it knows from emotion. The heart cries when it sees people hurting. Yes. Is is that really what is happening? Look at how people can forget their real nature. Maybe those dead are looking at us as being truly funny. So the heart cries when it sees this from outside of the body. The heart cries out to war that is external. The heart cries if it does not know if it should even eat any food. Maybe the heart can survive by light alone. 
The heart cries for this. The heart cries for people suffering without reason. The heart cries if it does not know each person because then it is true confusion. The heart cries if the spirit in a person dies. The heart cries if you can't look it in its face. The heart cries if you mislead someone with sickness and get out of place. The heart cries until solutions with people are found. The heart cries for the whole spirit to be understood. The heart cries for people labeling each other and not being for the common good. The heart cries for balance. The heart cries to be fully aligned with the mind. The heart cries out for you to forget the notion of time. The heart cries when people break their backs for those unwilling to do the same. The heart cries if it is playing the wrong purpose in the wrong game. The heart cries if you do not take it seriously. The heart cries if you cannot see oneness with clarity. The heart cries if you only see it as being just a human organ. The heart cries if you cannot resonate with it. The heart cries if you do not remember its motherly characteristics. The heart cries for minds of ignorance. The heart cries for us to gain real and everlasting influence. The heart cries for the universe to evolve us with total transference of consciousness. The heart cries out to people I even represent is having similar missions and disorders. The heart cries for me to forget this sense of me and to know who I am for true capability. The heart cries to understand itself visually. The heart cries to be known by others for a sense of true camaraderie. The heart cries for surpluses and spiritual growth not deficits and cutbacks from its essence. The heart cries reincarnations of everlasting improvements and yet accepts the judgments. The heart cries for this now because it needs to go beyond to understand its real questions. The heart cries. And... That was awesome, Sean. It's kind of like it's it's, it's kind of like the the humanity inside of us. You know, the we got the good the little you know good angel and the bad angel on our shoulders, and there's you know the part of us that just that we're taught to be through society, and then there's that conscious part of us that that human part of us that knows that something might not be real cool or reminds us that this mm. is important or hey this is something you should pay attention to and that's real and all of that too is actually really inside of you you're not looking exactly. for it out yeah you're not looking for it really you think you're looking for it outside of you but that blank that blank dark space that's there that you can't really see, it's out right there in the night sky all the time, too. So where's the disconnection, you know? Mm -hmm. You're you're, you're one 
your heart is connected at all times. Well, you're crying out, and it's being heard when you're you you can listen to that actually, and that's that's what's beautiful. You can actually hear that when you're silent, or you can hear that when you're in in a time of more peace and just trying to yeah gain you know <laughs> some. Um, mindfulness of the moment or whatever it may be but it's just it's there you can always gain it you know so that's that's where that is that's where all that comes from and yeah awesome all right sean great job sweetheart you want to do me a favor and have tell everyone how they can come find you yeah uh Scribd.com slash SKL2012. Uh, the purity of the flow.wordpress.com. Um, and sound, SoundCloud. I am the solution. Very cool. All right. Great job, sweetheart. I appreciate you so much, and happy Valentine's Day. You too. Bye. All right, then. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 506. 506, you're on the air. Good day. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I saw you in the <laughs> chat room. Yeah. I thought, is that our yeah, Andy? No, that can't room. be our Andy. Yes, he shoveled out. <laughs> <laughs> You're not working today? No. That's awesome. No. Yeah, so I've been out and about uh, snowshoeing. Hey, hey, <laughs> so, but I know you only have a certain amount of time. You yes. going to tell me a story for Valentine's Day? Uh, close. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you introduce yourself first? (laughs) This is Andrew calling from the East Coast of Canada. And what'd you bring us tonight, Andy? Well, uh, we got a couple little stories, very short ones. You ready? Okay. I'm searching for the dream road, the one not found in the darkness, where my soul can reload. Tired from watching life corrode, there is a world of soft caress. Searching for the dream road. The mind is fighting not to implode. It wants to feel a place of tenderness where my soul can reload. Right and wrong can be bowed. People thought it would be harmless searching for the dream road. There is a time before the implode. The path is not just heartless where my soul can reload. There is a place where it is stowed. The air is full of uncaptured kindness. Searching for the dream road where my soul can reload. That's number one. <laughs> okay. Was that a poetry form or was that your own form? That that was a villanelle. That's what I thought. Okay. Yes. Okay. And this is definitely not a Valentine's Day poem. <laughs> the slaughter was everywhere. Grown warriors not moving. Life and peaceful death taken away. The ghosts of Verdun have been building and screaming since the mud rains of spring. You can hear the enemy marching, boots echoing on roads, skeletons of ours and their own. 
Men that make up the mist, the fog surrounding us now, the ghosts of Redan. Seasons have changed as the men have defended this land, the blood and the soil is the same color. When from the allies or the enemies, the screams are unified, the ghosts of Redan. Loved ones at home, waiting for word of loved ones still alive, staring in the night sky, knowing the real truth. The stars are whispering, the voices of the ghosts of Redan. End poem. See, that could be Valentine's poem, like the Valentine's Massacre. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. It it could. (laughs) (laughs) Both of those were fantastic reads. Why don't you tell everyone what you've been up to and and about your books and stuff, honey? Uh, I've just put out, yeah, I put out a poetry book about four or five months ago called uh, Searching and you can find it on Amazon just type in Searching and then Andrew M. Scott Uh, there's other ones there too or you can find me on Andrew M. Scott or andrewmscott.com or you can just find me on Facebook Andrew Scott yeah that's pretty much it alright sweetheart I'm glad you made time to call in Happy Valentine's Day yeah. to you. You are very dear to me. You know that. Yes. Thank you. And happy Valentine's Day to you, too. That's why I read the Valentine's Day poem. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says Valentine's like blood and guts and gore and blisters. You had to know, really. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Randy. Great job, honey. Thank you, sweetheart. Tell everyone how to find you. You're welcome. Like I said, you can find me on Facebook, just Andrew Scott, and uh, yeah, that's where I am. Very good. All right, sweetie. Thanks, honey. Uh, you're <laughs> Bye. welcome. Thanks. Bye. All right. I'm going to give our next three callers. We have area code 919-832 and then 216, and that will be it for tonight, it looks like. Let's go ahead and grab area code 919-919. You're on the air. Did 585 come on? I'll have to check with them. Okay, 919, are you with me? Let's go ahead and mute them. I need to check real quick with, I think they did, but 585, have you been on yet? Yeah. All right, all right. Oh, I know. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Bye, hon. Excuse me. Still trying to get over that cold a little bit. Sorry about that. All right, let's go ahead and grab 832. 832, are you there, hon? Yep. How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing good. Very good. I'm so excited you're here. What did you bring us tonight? Oh, giggles. Lots of giggles. I like giggles. <laughs> so I thought, as I was saying, hi, Naila, you could visualize my face, how I was giggling. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a poem. I didn't give a title for that or anything, but I just wrote a few lines, um, maybe about 10 or less. So, 
I need you to tell me what you think about this poem. I mean to say, what context does it represent and how does it sound and anything else you want to tell me. Okay. And here is the poem. With the simmering light, beautiful colors, melodious music, wind softly touching your wind lips, don't call out my name. We are long gone. Transparent as love, eternally united with him in our heart. Happy Valentine's Day to you too. And poor. So tell me about a little bit about that one. Um, there are two things that can happen with this that they are both together and they love each other so much that they realize the that love is God and God is love. And that soul is there in their heart. Or they're not there anymore together. They're far, far away. But then she's asking him, don't call out my name as you celebrate your Valentine's Day and, you know, give a toast. Don't say that my name over there. And, you know, even though we are not together, we are still together because Mm -hmm. we both have love in which only the God is there, the Lord is there. And realizing that we, no matter where you are, we are still together. It just, to me, it really talked about a connection so much deeper than love. You know, mm-hmm. it's like don't when when you said you know don't call me, don't don't call me by my name. Um, basically, it, you know, to me it was like because I don't have to have a name, I don't have to have a label, I don't have to be anything one thing to you, because we are all things to each other. You know, and in in that immense type of love is really what it made me think about. Some words and some lines, when they come out, I don't realize that how they are, but like uh, crystals, they sparkle light in so many directions, and it is for me to research and find out. Not just okay. poems that I read, but also sometimes when they come out of my pen, too. Do you find it that way, too, when you write, when you're creating a picture? It means so, too. It it comes out like that too. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just I think that you have such an otherworldly talent. Um, I I am seriously and have been since the first time I ever heard you read. Really in awe of your writing style, and the very I don't. It just there, there's a distinctive style that's uniquely your own. You know that's why all these years I've really pushed you to keep writing and encouraged you to keep writing because I think it's important that you do. Um, but the voice that you write with to me is just so inspiring and beautiful and strong, and I connect with it so much. You know, on a spiritual type level, I guess is the best way to put it. Your your writing is very spiritual to my soul when I hear it. 
Thank you, Nyla. You're welcome, baby. And it means a lot to hear these words from you, especially because on the days that I don't write, it's when I remember that this is Thursday, and then I have to write some lines and then say hello to Nyla and wish the world a happy Valentine's Day like today <laughs> on whichever day it is. <laughs> no red roses, no wine. But still it is a Valentine's Day even though, you know, it's the love that counts. It's not uh, uh, whether I go out or uh, have a beautiful party or dance or anything. Well, I'm okay. Uh, I can bring the party to me if I I think instead of looking outwardly for validation of love on Valentine's Day, I think we would be better served looking inward for validation of love on Valentine's Day. That's true. And uh, it doesn't really matter uh, materialistic because either of you can call someone who can deliver. So it is so close to you. It's ideas in your thought, and that is when you can get it done too. That's how close Mm -hmm. You know, the network has become, and uh, like what Bill Gates has said before, and um, yeah, so nothing to worry, and and although I don't see you or uh, look at other um, audience or viewers or friends who are listening, it's a pleasure to read here, and it's a pleasure to hear everyone read. Um I can't tell you how much I value this program. Oh, we love you dearly, Uma, and I'm really glad that you're here tonight. Thank you. And happy Valentine's Day to you, my sweet girl. Thank you so much. And I'm always there on uh, Facebook. So my name is Uma, um, but I go with Uma G-G. G as in, um, you know, um, Gala, let us say, or uh, G as in Goparaju. And G is uh, Lister G, but GG means sister, so that is how it is. Uma GG is sister Uma or Uma Ben or something people may want to call out. Just Uma is fine. Um, you'll find me there. And uh, I'm, I go by the same name in, on uh, Twitter sometimes. So I, I have been uh, able to contribute to some anthologies from... Uh, blurb publications before and uh, some other publications from uh, several publications, two or three from India also, as well as um, I produced one or two books self-published and I hope to bring out better work and one of the publications is with uh, Amazon and I am not really uh, proficient or professional in publishing so it shows how ignorant or not I am and then that's okay it still gives me pleasure to read my poems it's called A Few Poems from My Heart and the other book that was published by um, Blurb uh, is called um, Sunset Sail on a Moonlit Night so Sunset Sail on a Moonlit Night it contains a picture that I have painted a similar picture so that's about it. Perfect. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much, and I hope we get to talk to you next week, love. Sure, and I may come with a better work than what I did before because I do need to take care of other things. So 
on that I had to spend as little creative time I was able to squeeze as possible. <laughs> they were beautiful. They were perfect. Thank you, honey. Thank you, Naila. Have a great day. Bye. You too, sweetheart. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 216. 216, you're on the air. Okay. This is uh, Mama Over Daisy. I'm going to play um, a, a poem that I did for Valentine's Day called Black Lace. And it's accompanied by um, a borrowed version, the full version of Elton John to close the Valentine's Day out. And here it goes. Hello, everybody. This is Ola Deji. And I wanted to do a poem. And the background music will be Elton John, the instrumental version. Sacrifice. And the name of my poem is called Black Lake. about 
to embark. He removes my black lace, leaving me fully exposed. Forgetting that Mama said, always leave something to the imagination. Fully exposed, I hope I did not mess up. There was nothing left to be imagined now, except how it would feel with him inside of me. Smooth, silky, soft, and vulnerable. I stood there naked, raw, in the bus, about to give him my thing. My stuff. I felt killy, giggly, and silly in his eyes. Oh, his eyes, they consumed me. It was then that he moved in with those kisses. Oh, those kisses, each one warmed me. His lips danced all over my body. This was the thrill of letting him catch me. Grandma said, let him catch you. Never let him think you caught him. His shoulders were wide and strong. He leaned in to handle me. Though he was gentle, his grip was stern. His eager arms bulged of strength. His body excited me. Once he put his key in my keyhole, it opened me up to another world, a world I never knew was inside of me. I finally gave him that thing, and then he went on to please me. And oh, how he did please me. It was unspeakable. Use your imagination. Use your imagination and think. I stood there naked for the very first time. It was unspeakable. A poet enchanted stands naked and in love with a lover doing all it takes to make her happy. I succumb, surrender, and I whisper a poem in his ear. You have deflowered me, my king. You have unlocked my jewels. I will always be yours. No one else will ever unlace my black lace.
was beautiful, Mama. Absolutely idealistic interpretation of the introduction to womanhood. Did I say that right? (laughs) Yeah, my wedding wedding night. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I thought that would be apropos for Valentine's Day. Thank you, Sean. (laughs) I'm not even freaking out that you wrote a sex poem. You have to be pretty proud of that. (laughs) I hope it was tastefully done. It was beautifully done. It was absolutely beautifully done. It was it was it was the the Disney deflowering that every mother would wish for her daughter. Okay. Okay. It was it was just it was perfect. It was the way that you know that it should be. Your introduction to womanhood. Gently like that. That's the Valentine's poem, and uh, thank you, Sean, for uh, hitting me up because I can't get in the chat room, so I'm glad you said something. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, my. And you, Great and job. I sent, you two, I sent you two copies of it, so I don't know if you can get it into the playlist or you can want to play it another time because I don't know how to get it in there to you. But that's only one of my two. I only have two tracks. One is uh, Zinc, Nina Simone and one is Black Lace. It's on SoundCloud if anybody wants to uh, hear it or find it. Thank you, and a happy Valentine's Day again, everybody. To you too, Mama. Thank you, sweetheart. All right, let's go ahead and grab our last caller for the evening. We have area code 863863. Eight, you're on the air. Um, hello. Hello. Hello, Nyla. Yes. This is... This is Noreen. Hello, Noreen. How are you, my love? You're standing in there, and and I want to thank thank you all for all the support. All all the support and, and prayers and donation, and for sharing the for sharing the um. Uh, 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 I can't for sharing the, the uh, links and stuff. Yes, and and thank you all, Noreen. I am really glad that you called in tonight. Yes. You and Gary. For those of you don't know, we just recently lost Gary. Noreen lost her husband. Someone very, very dear to us, and you know, very dear to me, both of you. You guys were and still are and will always be the perfect example of love that we all look to. The love that you guys have together, the love that you taught us, the things that you gave us together. I have to thank both of you for that gift. And I know this is such a hard time for you right now, but I know that Gary is watching out for you. He's there with you, just like we all are, Noreen. I love you yes. so much. And I love you all very much, too. I still can't believe he's gone. It'll be a month tomorrow. I just, I'll never forget it when 
because I was planning to come in there, you know, Saturday. And then the nurse, the hospice nurse called me Friday morning and said, you need to come today because I don't think he's going to make it through the weekend. Well, well, I didn't, well, I came there, I I got me a ride to get there. And I got there that morning. And, 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 you know, and the doctor, the hospice doctor said, oh, she said that he'll, he'll, he'll be all right, you know. That um, it's gonna be a slow process, but he'll get healed up. He'll be all right. And then, so I was believing on. I was having that hope, but they all told me that was a false hope. All the CNAs and the nurse, they all said that, that he ain't gonna live that long. But I didn't want to believe them because that doctor told me, "Oh, he, he'll he'll be he'll be all right." She told me that that he'll be all right. And I told, and I even begged Gary. I told him. I told him. I said, "Honey." I said, my, t- I called him, I said, my teddy bear, darling, please don't go. I keep, I keep telling him, please, please, I begged him not to go. But he did anyway. I just see two, two tears in his eye, two tears, two different times coming down. And then, I, and then, I seen a lump in his throat. That must have been when he took his last breath. I just begged him not to go. Uh, you know, Gary loves you so much. Yes. And sometimes people are just taken away from us, and it doesn't make any sense. And there's no rhyme nor reason to it. Yes. And it's not easy, and it's not pretty. And there really is nothing anyone can say that's going to make it better. You're no. going to get over. You will be okay and you will be better. But it's going to take Gary helping you get there. And I have to believe that he's by your side, still holding your hand, still taking care of you. His body just wouldn't let him be here anymore. But you know the love that you guys have. He will never leave you. He would no. never leave you alone. And so even though his body wasn't strong enough to stay, his heart and his love are with you still. Yes. So please, please take comfort in knowing that he would never leave you alone. Yes. And draw some strength on that. Draw strength on every fingerprint he ever left on you, every love, moment of love that he gave you. Because that is what's going to keep you strong, and that's what's going to keep you going, because it doesn't go away. The physical body is organic. It has to go away at some point, but he doesn't. Who he is to you is still right there beside you. If you reach your hand out, I know you can feel his and yours. Yes. Because I can feel him, you know, all day long throughout the whole day. Then tell him that. Talk to him. Tell him that. Let him know that you know he's there with you. Thank him for not leaving you alone. Let him know that he's there guiding you and you appreciate him. Yes. You need to do that so that you will believe. Somebody doesn't go away. The impact of who they are, he is so much alive inside you. The love that you guys have does not go away, Noreen. No. I love you, baby girl. I love you so much, and I love Gary. 
and I love who you guys are and will always be to us, and you're not by yourself. You have a whole family here who is loving you and holding you, especially on this day. Gary would kick our asses if we didn't. You know he would. (laughs) It's like, get over there and hug my Noreen, damn it. (laughs) He would. He would. And we are. Everything that he gave me of himself, the, the love, everything that he was to me, will never leave. You know, he he is, I can hear his voice, I can hear his laugh, I can see his smile. And I have to take comfort in that. But I do know he would not leave you by yourself. No, because I, I can feel him and, and I should know he's here with me. I have to believe he is. And I know, you know I, I lost someone really close to me, and I know that you know that. The only thing that got me through it was understanding that and talking to him. You know, stop. I had to stop acting like he was gone and accept that what was mine, the part of him that was mine, was still there inside me. Yes. And so I talked, and in a way it was like talking it out to with him, talking it out with me, you know, being able to put things in perspective, saying the things that I needed to say, believing that they could be heard. Yes. And I know that that's going to bring you strength too because I know you know that he would never leave you alone. It's like buying a bouquet of flowers. They don't last forever. But you remember every single petal. Yes. You know, they just because the flowers aren't there doesn't mean they're not there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. C- I know yes, it sounds kind of cheesy, but I know you know. Yeah, I know. Because C- um, there are two different times he bought me flowers. That was the the the, the, the last Mother's Day. Well, not last year, but um, when he was still at Wonder Haven Rehab. No, not no, not there. He was at oh at the at the rehab here, here in Lake mm-hmm. Wills. And um, we 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 I got to go a trip with him to walk. To Walmart. That's before they stopped letting the letting uh, the family members go on the bus with with them. But um, I so we, he saw these flowers. He wanted them. He for mother, to give to me for Mother's Day. Well, I still got it up there in in the kitchen uh, on top of the computer desk, and it's still there. And 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 I I know the leaf, the, the the roses might been drooping, should droop. But it's still there. But when you look at them, do you see the drooping roses or do you see the roses? I see the roses. Exactly. I see his love. I see his love and I see his love and I see his roses and the and and the other um and, and the other uh, uh, um the ones that he got me on our um one of our anniversaries the, t- the one that has a special meaning to it has twenty in them and that's another room I got to bring them out. And put them up here too, and that is that not well. That look like everybody says it's dead, but not to me. It's, it, it's um, and it's still there, and it to me is meaning it's his love. I should see his love, and 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 I see it. 
that means a lot to me, and I won't never get rid of them. I love you, Noreen. <laughs> Thank you, and I and I, and I we we love you too. Did you want to read something tonight? Um, uh, um, n- n- I couldn't do it tonight. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'm going to do it next week. Oh, I am glad that you called in tonight. I'm glad that you let us share this love with you. Okay. You know, and, and remind you, you know, please do remember that. You know, when okay. when when you when you don't think you... When you don't think you can exhale, when your breath gets caught in your throat and you don't know how you're going to get from that moment to the next moment, and I know you have minutes like that, I know. Yes. You know, somebody asked me, I can't remember who it was, but somebody asked me on the air if I could write a poem for you guys. And I told her, I started crying, and I said, I can't. And I knew that I couldn't because what I would write would not be the happy, lovey, hallmark type of poem somebody would expect me to write for two people that I love so very much. Because I know, I know that place where the air gets caught in your throat and you don't know if you can take the next breath in it. You don't know if you can exhale or inhale. And you are just, I know that place. You know, and there's nothing the world can do right now to comfort you except for stand beside you and support you and tell you that we love you. And no matter what you need, no matter what it's going to take to get you through this, you're not alone. You know, you meant, Gary meant so much to us. He will always mean so much to us. You do. You together as a couple, you know. And I know that I will do anything I can do to help take care of you because I know Daddy would be pissed off if I didn't. Okay. You know? Yes, and I, I really, you know, I, I, I had a horrible father, and I know it sounds kind of funny, but the unconditional love that Gary gave me, the stern hand in which he loved me with, the times he had, you know, he would put his foot down and say, now, Nyla, the encouragement and the belief that he gave me, I know that I loved Gary, but even more than that, I know Gary loved me. I know he loved me. And the gift of that, you know, was something I didn't even know from my own father. And so he had, he was in my mind and in my heart, he has that role. That's what he meant to me. Yes. You know, he he was that father. Mm-hmm. That father love that I never knew. Gary gave me that. And there's so many times, you know, and I when I sit there and I think about something that's like, you know, someone needs to put me in a corner and I hear Gary's voice or, you know, I do something good, I hear Gary's voice. I see the violin sitting on the counter, I hear Gary's voice. Yes. You know, still to this day. So when you hear that voice, when you hear him beside you, don't ignore that voice. Talk back, smile. You know, let him still comfort you. Let his love and the love you guys shared comfort you through this. You're never going to be without him, and he's never going to leave you. No. I mean, he's right there. If you touch your hand to your heart right now, you're going to feel him there. Yes. 
and take comfort in that and let him help you. Let him help yes. you through this hard part. Okay? Okay. All right. And anytime you need us, we're right here. You have my home number. If you need me, call me. Um, uh, oh, no, because um, I had it, but you uh, you said that one time you, you got rid of that one number, the one I got. All right. I will, I will email you my new number if you don't have it. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. And make sure that you have that. And if you need me, call me, and we'll sit and we'll chat and we'll get and we'll have tea and, and uh, whatever we need to do. Okay. All right. Happy Valentine's Day from all okay. of us and from Gary. Yes. Okay. 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 And all happy right. Valentine's Day from both of us. You're very welcome, sweetheart. And we will talk to you next week, okay? Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Good night, love. Okay. Good night. Okay. You've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I want to thank everybody for being here tonight, both listeners and readers alike, and we will see you next week. I am going to close the show with a piece um, called Fossilized Love Letter by Steve, Steve Sabruzzi, and we will talk to you next week. Good night, everybody. You are a lonely pterodactyl. I am a lonely plesiosaur. How do I know that you are lonely? Well, I see that you are flying alone. I see you flying the night sky alone when I poke my head above the water. You soar through the night sky like a bubble through the water. You glide through the morning sky like a trilobite through the water. You belong in every living place. Whenever I see you flying, I feel as if you're tearing out my gut. Like the time you pecked a fish and tore out its guts on the shore while hot blood drizzled your fur. Whenever I see you on the shore, I want to say, come visit me. Swim in the deep and lonely water with me. Fly like a bubble. Tear out my gut. Tear out my